live from the bell tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the live edition of the Break the Bell Podcast. You snuck that win on me. I did. I want to surprise you. When did we get a a Shakespearean actor to uh, do our introduction? Well, actually, I I hired, um, oh, what's the, shit, what's his name? The guy who plays James Bond. The the Scottish guy. Oh, uh, Sean Connery? Yeah, I hired him. He's not actually dead. I I hired him to... We stuck him in the bell tower. We did. I'm down. Well, hello, beautiful bell breakers. I'm I'm glad I can keep you we, on your we, toes. Yeah, man. we we try to surprise each other every so often, and yeah. uh, that one, yeah, that yeah. was nice. I liked it. Yeah, I, I I felt it made us seem more official. Yeah, and then we go on and explain it, and then we seem a little less official. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like oh, yeah, you oh, know, oh, you that know, thing. One step forward, two steps back. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do. It's what we do. Welcome to the Break the Bell podcast. As that lovely intro said, we're standing up for your freedoms and all your liberties. And all the bullshit in between. Yes. I mean... From the bell tower. From the bell tower. All Everything that has anything to do with your liberties and your freedoms, we'll probably talk about it. And anything else that we can come up with to I, talk about. I really. always was waiting for him to say, you know, party on, Craig. Party on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. We should hire um, uh, Mike Myers to there say... There you go. That say, would be sweet. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so, here we are. Another week. Another live episode. I'm able to calm myself down because I've been running like a chicken with my head cut off yes. for the last couple hours, as usual. But we are here and are. ready to yes. kick we're, this we're, shit off. We're in our, our place of zen. Mm-hmm. We are, because the as the world burns around us, yes. <laughs> we just uh, relax and talk about it. That's all you can do. We, it <laughs> is. It really is. We're going to do an interesting episode this yeah. week because we haven't got over to the Middle East in a while. Remember we, we yeah. used to for our news right, cover yeah. like Middle East stuff right. or European stuff or right. Asia stuff and then whatever conflict was going on, we would touch on it just be like, "Hey, keep an eye on this," you yep. know, and then we'd kind of come back over here, but we 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 have neglected just because of the shit show that the United States mm-hmm. has been since January 6th. That's, I was going to say, it's been several months yeah. since we actually were able to get yeah, over well, into and, the Middle East. Things have been relatively quiet yes. up until now. They have. I mean, we did touch a little bit on the Iranian thing. We covered um, a lot of like the peace deals. Yeah, a little, a little bit between. on Afghanistan mm-hmm. we did uh, last week or the week before. So, But uh, yeah, here we are. Here we are. Israel... And Palestine have once again kicked off. Everybody's I mean, favorite duo, you yeah, know. I, I mean, when you think of the Middle East conflicts, don't Israel and Palestine? Don't they just pop in your head? Always. You I know? mean, it's like it's like Magic and Bird. I titled <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Magic and Bird. That predates my basketball watching okay. days, but okay. I, it, it I, was I do good. remember. You look them up. It was I, good oh, I have watched a yeah. lot of the YouTube videos and stuff, but. I was more like the upcoming into like the Jordan era oh, when right. I started watching basketball, but I I have seen lots of uh, yeah. video footage of it. But um, I titled this episode "A Conflict as Old as Time" because that's exactly what it is. I, I, <laughs> like, I picture them dancing to it while a candle and a clock sing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. I mean, it's been this has been going on since like biblical time. Is well, what this d- has. dates back to. So yeah. I mean. The the origins of it go all the way back to that, and then like the modern day conflicts go back at least a hundred yeah. years. So I mean, this has been going on for indefinitely, pretty much. And yeah. 
here we we've seen a lot of peace, and we talked about all these peace deals that right, that, that Trump, Trump was working was, towards. <laughs> but, and, and, but we also we we were we were cautious. Skeptical. We were very we were skeptical. skeptical. Yeah. We were like, this is happening. It sounds good, but where's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. What, what's the angle? Because well, there the, had to be an angle. The shoe has dropped, and just. Barely outside of Biden's 100 days, so obviously they're going to blame Biden. It's, for it's this. a big ass shoe. It is. It's a huge <laughs> ass shoe. Um, I mean, these are the some of the biggest like fighting that's happened in yeah. probably the decade, yeah. at least between the two. Yeah. We are going to get into that. Well, and, and you brought up a, a point I hadn't even considered was that things had been really quiet in, during Trump's mm-hmm. administration. And so the fact that it's blowing up now is just weird to me. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to cover all the, that stuff in the episode. Before we do, we got to obviously mention. Our coffee fix of freedom. Yes. I do have coffee today. Very nice. Which is Run Your Mouth Coffee. They sponsor free speech. They support free speech. They they just speak their mind, too. So they, they fully endorse free speech, and so yeah. we fully endorse them. They're the official coffee of the Break the Bell podcast. Um, you can find them at run your, or rymcoffee.com. Enter the promo code BREAKTHEBELL to get discounts because we love discounts 10 percent discount off your order plus free shipping (coughs) um break the bell all one word as that promo code again they are founded by john odermatt of the lines of liberty podcast and ben pengy of the homestead and homeschools podcast so they're all big supporters of liberty and free speech and all the stuff and all the bullshit in between like like we said at the beginning yes so check them out support them support companies that support free speech especially the small businesses that are in the tanks right now because of the almighty COVID that just seems to be not going away ever. No. So no. Spot, uh, support them and then um, drink their coffee, rymcoffee.com. That's it. That's all you got to do. Just drink their coffee. And you'll like it. You won't be, you, you'll be glad you did. You will. You will. And you will feel good about yourself for promoting free speech by drinking coffee. Yes. I never thought I could promote free speech by drinking coffee, but... It's two of your favorite things. It, it is two of my very favorite things. So that's it. We're going to move on from there. Uh, make sure you check us out all over the networks, the social medias, whatever the kids are doing these days. Um, we're on Facebook, which I've been told by my kids that Facebook is for old people. Well, we're old. We are. I, I mean, I still primarily hang out on yeah. Facebook more than any of the others. But we are old, and we are still on Facebook. Yes. But you, you like to frequent some of the other I d- I do. hyper I d- joints. I, I mean, I don't necessarily like to, but I yeah. feel it's necessary to spread yeah. this word around. Um, but I do like engaging in different... Like, yeah. it's different kind of dynamic on each platform. Yeah. Like, Twitter is just like a shit show. It's just like people screaming at each other, oh, yeah. over each other. It's not even like commenting. It's just... It's like if you were throw a bunch of people. Do you ever see the the videos of um, people at like the stock market, like the stock yeah, exchange, they're where like, they're all just oh, screaming over each other? Yeah, that's what Twitter is to me. Okay. That's the dynamic that of Twitter. Um, and then you have Facebook, which is pro- mostly friends just calling each other dipshits. Yeah, and like your best buddies getting together and drinking and saying yeah. and calling each other stupid names, sharing stupid jokes. That's Facebook. Um, Instagram is people that like to share pictures of their food <laughs> or things like that. Yes. So we are on Instagram. We are on MeWe, which I, I haven't I even I, I haven't even I'm, figured I that out I have MeWe, but I'm, I'm never on there. I haven't. Fi- I post the episodes and stuff. I yeah. haven't figured it out yet, hmm. like exactly what the dynamic is there. Um, we are on Parler, but I've been having issues with Parler. It's been kind of down again. It's their servers are down again. They just never really bounced they, back, did they, they? They didn't come back full swing like they did. That's too bad. And we're on the antinewslive.com, which is 
up-and-coming social media platform that also sponsors free speech. They are founded by my brother, Dan Smots of the System is Down podcast, and he supports liberty and free speech and all the bullshit in between. So... Which, that's actually his voice on our intro there. Oh, so, so we, wow. He does a good intro uh, voice. He, he does. That's why I reached out. I was like, remember when he did all those like movie intro mm. voices on our Christmas episode? Yeah, that's right. I was like, dude, I need an intro voice. And so he's like, okay. I got you. And he sent me like six of them to choose from. So I might have to surprise nice. you from week to week with okay. different intros. Right. So check out antinewslive.com, social media platform of free speech. You're not going to get kicked off unless you're like a total asshat or something like yeah. that. So... Otherwise, I think we've covered everything. Yeah. All I the think intro so. stuff, all yes. the all the things that we have to share or yes. are required to share by contractual obligation. We don't have any contractual obligations with anybody. No, we're, we're so, trying. So if you have any, let us know. I don't know <laughs> if I want to be a, have a contractual no, I, I because then I, they, they get to tell us what we have to say and not say and I yes. don't want that. No, we we like not being if if you want extra output. stuff, which I haven't, I've been kind of lacking on bonus content lately. But if you want extra stuff, we are on Patreon. Go to Patreon.com/slash/BreakTheBell and yeah. sign up at all the different levels to get all these different perks and stuff. Um, check it out. That's how you can sponsor us without us having to be contractually obligated to big promoters or small promoters or whoever. So. I think I ran my mouth enough for this intro. No, I, I think you're doing good. Okay. Why don't we just kick this intro video off, and then we're going to talk about this conflict that is literally as old as history it's itself. A, it's the, the conflict that will never end. It, <laughs> clearly. Now <laughs> lamb chops is stuck in my head. Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right. Here we go. What did you say? You talking to me? What, what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? All right, we are back, and we are ready to jump right in. Yes, rock and roll, if you will. We're taking on more, like, difficult topics to really even, like, talk about. Because yeah. it's more things that's just like, I don't even really freaking know where I stand well, on this. Yeah, it, it, yeah, there's so many different angles. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think there's – and you and I, I mean, we, we come from it from different sides, and, mm -hmm. and we have our disagreements towards it, but we also agree on – certain core things with it as well mm. and right so right well there's just a, like a history like i was raised as an evangelical christian and right. they've always like kind of taken the side of pro-israel on right. it it's like god's chosen people pro-israel yeah. god save israel blah 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 the u.s right. needs to support like back israel and then when you look into like what's actually going on it's just like wait well, what are uh, what are we 
supporting here. Well, and the, and the, you know, they may be God's people, but they're not flawless. Mm-mm. You know, as we'll see. Oh well, if you read in the Bible, they're clearly not well, flawless yeah, either. Yeah, I mean, they, they do screw the pooch quite a bit. <laughs> quite a bit, which is primarily why they lost their territory in the first place right. was because they screwed yeah. the pooch pretty hard. Yeah. So, so um, I don't necessarily want to get ourselves in trouble, and I'm I'm not going to like. This is one topic that's interesting to me. When when you you got to be careful tiptoeing around the whole um, Israel and um, the topic of Israel, like you, anything talking about like the Holocaust or like the Jewish yeah. people and stuff like that, because you can easily get branded anti-Semitic as soon as you start right. saying, "What's going on there? What uh, are they doing yeah. wrong?" And any comparison to, I mean, look at Gino Carano again, who got canceled off Disney for. Mm-hmm. You know, being told that she was comparing Republicans to Jews, yeah, which was not the case, but that's what she was accused of, and and therefore kicked off of, right? So mainstream. What I what I all that to say is, I am not going to sit here and not like talk about something just because I'm afraid I'm going to get kicked off of YouTube, right? Because I mean, conversations should be had. I mean, our yep. whole premise is never stop talking. Right. So if you see. A problem with something that the our country is supporting or other yeah. countries are doing to other countries, you should be allowed to call them out on, or at least question it yeah. and be like, "What the hell's even going on over right. there? And are well, we on, even on the right side of history here?" Yeah, and and I mean, we 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 took on the whole you know Derek Chauvin thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we we gave our unpopular opinion or the less mainstream opinion about it. You know, we talked about Black Lives Matter, about Antifa. You know, that kind of stuff. So, right. I mean, I, I think it's important to take on some of these difficult, you know, yeah. topics. I mean, yeah. It, all that's to say, don't brand us anti-Semites because that's not the case at all. Right. No matter not what we come out and say, we're not going to come out and say um, such and such in history didn't happen. We're yeah. not any sort of deni- deniers right. or no. at least. But we're the- also not going to coddle. So. Mm. And, yeah, which yeah. has often been the case. People shouldn't just get a free pass just because of whatever. So, so with that said, let's get into this historic freaking conflict. Like I said before, this conflict is almost, if not as old as like history itself, as like yeah. human history I itself. I mean, you know, we talked about it. I mean, it, the whole area goes in conflict. You go all the way back to Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, and and. You know, Ishmael and Hagar, you know, leaving the camp and, and, you know, God telling them that, well, you know, yeah, your, 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 your brethren's not going to like you much throughout history <laughs> or your, your descendants are going to be at odds forever. Yeah, Sorry to tell you that. Those specifically turned into like the tribes of Israel yeah. and the and, nation of like Islam. Right. Like yeah. at least like the ancestors of it. Right, I'm not yeah. saying that he, Whatever his name was, what was Ishmael. The, Ishmael? He didn't just like go and start no, Islam, no, but, but but descendants but, of right. And but Islam's take on it is that Ishmael was chosen mm-hmm. by Abraham to be the 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 one that would carry on, right? Not Isaac, not Isaac. So. And so that that's where the split starts, mm-hmm. and then you can jump, you know, thirteen hundred years to the Crusades, yeah, where you know people were constantly fighting over Jerusalem. And Israel trying to get into the Holy Land. I just watched Kingdom of Heaven the other night. It's one of my favorite movies, but it's. It, I don't think I've. I don't know really? if I've seen that one. It's a really good one. You should I, check it out. Maybe I have. I can't remember. What's I think that, you'd like it. Which one is that one? Uh, it's got uh, Orlando Bloom, and it's uh, it's about the Crusades where 
he uh he ends up going out there uh he like his dad like his real dad like meets him and he's like on the run because he killed a priest and so he ends up going to Jerusalem to kind of find forgiveness but he ends up getting sucked into the crusades and it, it you know it just kind of shows the good and bad of both sides sure and uh and just Israel or just Jerusalem itself and what it means to both sides and it's a good one you should check it out I'm going to have to watch it it sounds right up my alley of Yeah good you would like it I think so maybe I'll put that on my list for this weekend. I'll, I'll bump that up to the top of my list because I have a okay. long list of movies that you've given me to watch. <laughs> I know, so. I know, I know. But I, I want to kind of take a look at recent events first, and we'll dig sure. more into the history. We're not going to be able to go into every single skirmish between Israel and Palestine, no. like all the different wars or battles or yeah. conflicts. Um, we are going to get into a few of more of the modern history. Like it back, like the modern history of the conflict goes back about 100 years Yeah, to like, just predating just World War Two. Well, it just predates uh, World War Two, and then gets into like the formation of Israel a- right. as a state after World War Two. So I want to dig into some of that stuff. I would love to dig more into like the the biblical side of it, but mm. we just don't have time for that. So, but, but ju- just know that biblically, this area is going to be it's supposed to be under conflict until the end of time. And so, so yeah, so like you said, like, this, literally, <laughs> this is not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um, let's start with, like, what sparked the recent conflict? Because as yeah. we had said earlier in the intro, we had it been pretty quiet for a while, for a yeah. little while. I mean, there was uh, there was things here and there, but it yeah. had been for the most part quiet. Right. And then all of a sudden, just within the last two weeks, it just blew up. Yeah. Bitterly up. Right. Yeah. And so I got this article. This is from the New York Times, uh, kind of explaining their take on how this all kicked off this time. So I'm going to read this real quick. It says, After years of quiet, Israeli-Palestinian conflict exploded. Uh, Why now? A little-noticed police action in Jerusalem last month was one of the several incidents that led to the current crisis. So this was kind of like a perfect storm. There's like a few different incidents that popped off that just started raising tensions. It built into protests. It built into like mistreatment of protesters, and then it turned into— And and it's it's happening during— Ramadan, yeah, which, which is their holy time, right? Right, where they make the pilgrimage, they have to go do the different pillars of Islam, mm-hmm. and um, if something disrupts that, they tend to get pissed off. Imagine right. if someone told you you couldn't put up a Christmas tree, right? Right. I'm, I, I want to make comparisons like that yeah. with what happened here, with this sp- specific example here. So it says yeah. in Jerusalem, 27 days before the first rocket was fired from Gaza this week. So this is almost a month ago, yeah. early in April. A squad of Israeli police officers entered the Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem, <clears throat> brushed the Palestinian at- attendants aside, and strode across its vast limestone courtyard. Then they cut the cables to the loudspeakers that broadcast prayers to the faithful from four medieval minarets. So Israeli police bursted into this mosque, the the like most holy mosque in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and just pushed past all the Palestinian officials there and cut the cut the wires to their prayer because yeah. they blast the the prayers through yeah. loudspeakers across the city during the right during during the, Ramadan the, or the daily prayers yes so it says the it was the shalat? night of is that what it's called uh, I'm not sure I'm really not as educated in this as I should be it says it was the night of April 13th the first day of the Muslim holy month of Ramadan like you said it was also happens to be Memorial Day in Israel which honors those who died fighting for the country. And, and if you don't know, 
um, Islam follows a lunar calendar, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's completely different. So it's years. not like this falls on the same day right. as Memorial right. Day. Right. Yeah. Year. Ramadan, like it changes, mm-hmm. right? It it's not doesn't fall during the same time every year. Um, they are actually, I mean, even their year is, is off compared to where we are because it's just a totally different calendar. Right. So it's not like this happens every year. This was a special. Can you say special event? Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like an eclipse. It's yeah. like the planets aligned. Well, these two days just happened to line. They just happened to align this year, and so it just caused conflict. Yeah. Like I said, it was Memorial Day in Israel. The Israeli president was delivering a speech at the Western Wall, a sacred Jewish site that lies below the mosque. So it's right in yeah. like pretty much adjacent to each other. Yeah. You got and, the mosque, and then you got the yeah. Holy Wall. Western Wall. Yeah, and, and again, old, the old city in Jerusalem is it, it's a, a who's who of religious monuments. Mm. I mean, the the Jews, the Christians, Muslims, they all have their most sacred sites all like right on top of each other. Yeah, so you can see why um, they would be in conflict here. He, the yeah. president, is there delivering a speech. They're also blasting prayers out through mm-hmm. loudspeakers because it's yeah. that time, and that's what they do says Israeli officials were concerned that the prayers would drown out the president's speech. The incident was confirmed by six mosque officials, three whom witnessed it. The Israeli police declined to comment. In the outside world, it was barely registered. Like I, like they say there, barely registered. Yeah, I, we didn't hear anything I about it. I hadn't heard anything right, We it. didn't hear anything until the missiles started flying. Yep. In hindsight, the police raid on the mosque, one of the holiest sites in Islam, was one of several actions that led less than a month later to the sudden resumption of war between Israel and Hamas, the militant groups that rules the Gaza Strip, and the outbreak of civil unrest between Arabs and Jews across Israel itself. You know how they could have maybe made this a little bit better of a situation? Not put the speech during a prayer time? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Maybe... Right. Go to them well, and because work out your schedules. Their, their their prayer time falls at the same time every day. Yes. Right? That's so it, it's like, not like it, it changes. The speech, yes, they could have moved it. I get that yeah. they are like arch enemies, but if yeah. they didn't want things to pop off, they could have been like... courtesy. Yeah. Um, when are you doing this and when can we do this? Yeah. Can we can we work these two out at the, like separate times on the same day? Is, yeah. that, is that possible? Yeah. But no, they didn't do that. Says this was the turning point, said Sheikh Akrima Sabri, the Grand Mufti. Is that how you pronounce that? Yes. Of Jerusalem. I don't want to butcher these terms because I'm not trying to be insensitive to any of this. You don't want to piss anybody off. Yes. Mother. (laughs) Their actions were caused. Their actions would cause the situation to deteriorate. I would say that's an understatement. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, that deterioration has been far more devastating, far-reaching, and fast-paced than anyone imagined. And could I could I jump in real yep. quick? Okay, so um, I have a little background here. Um, okay. okay, so um, let's see here. Okay, so um, I have an article here. This is from the Council on Foreign Relations. So I'm just going to kind of give a little background to some other stuff that's been going on here. Okay. Okay, so um, it says a combination of Arab tax on Israeli Jews in the city. Uh, restrictions the police placed on Palestinians that were attempting to gather near the Damascus Gate, uh, a main entryway into the Old City, uh, during the Muslim holy month of Ramadan, and a march through the city by a group called Lehava, whose supporters chanted death to the Arabs. Okay, this is a hardcore, fundamental Jewish group. Okay, okay. it's kind of like maybe 
like Proud Boys or KKK right. or something right. like that around here. Yes. This contributed to the tensions that had spread across Israel. Um, in isolation, each of these events was not unusual. However, they came at the same time as Israel's courts paved the way for the eviction of six Palestinian families from neighborhood in East Jerusalem called Sheikh Jarrah, uh, and for Jewish families to move into those homes. Yeah, that gets into that in that article, too. It? Okay. It, it mentions it later on. Okay. So it, that, that, that was the uh, another one of the incidents that sparked this, was this whole, um, yeah. they were getting ready to evict, like, these six Palestinian families from these, was was it in the West Bank? Yeah. So, um, well, uh, I think this is in East, uh, in East Jerusalem. Oh, so okay. um, it says, uh, let's see. Israeli authorities emphasize that the situation in Sheikh Jarrah is a private real estate dispute. Um, however, uh, pro-Israel organizations have sought to change the demographics of each Jerusalem, which is predominantly Arab for many years, taking their cues from success of Israeli governments that emphasize Israelis' rights to build within its own capital. Mm-hmm. Israeli law permits Jews to reclaim their property that they on their fa- or their families owned in Jerusalem prior to the division of the city after Israel's establishment in 1948 provided that they can prove ownership of the land. For their part, Palestinians cannot claim rights to property they once owned in Jerusalem or other parts of Israel. Okay, so it's kind of a one-sided legal thing. Yes. Um, at the same time the demonstrations were taking place, Israeli security forces confronted Palestinian civilians on May 6th, um, which is what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it says close to 300 Palestinians and two dozen Israeli police officers were injured in the clashes at the Holy Temple. It says the Israeli Supreme Court had scheduled to take up the question of the evictions on May 10th, but decided to postpone the ruling until early June because it coincided with the Jerusalem Day, a holiday in Israel to celebrate the reunification of the city after the Six-Day War. Right. It typically features a parade of flag-waving Israelis through the city, including its Arab neighbors. Um, Let's see. It says... um, Okay, overall, there is a pattern of Israeli courts permitting the eviction of Palestinians from their homes based on Jewish claims of ownership prior to Israel's creation. In the Sheikh Jarrah case, the evictions are based on the claim that the residents have not paid rent to the owner of the properties. Now, an Israeli non-governmental organization called Nahalat Shimon, uh, Sheikh Jarrah is an area that Jews refer to as Shimon Kazakh. It is predominantly, but not exclusively, a Jewish neighborhood be- uh, before 1948, uh, Arab-Israeli War, this, which led to Israel's establishment and the division of Jerusalem. Um, because Israel's court have found that evictions are consistent with Israeli law, the government asserts that the Jewish residents are within their right to displace the Palestinians who have not paid rent and thus have, not, have lost their status as protected tenants. Yet most countries do not res- recognize Israel's sovereignty in East Jerusalem. They and the Palestinian claims... That the evictions violate international law. There you go. So more more back history. Yes. Or like recent incidents that that led to this stuff. Yeah. Now this part is interesting. It mm-hmm. says uh, most recent U.S. presidents have been reluctant to take on the issue of the Israeli settlements directly, referring to call them complications that are unhelpful to peace and a two-state solution. The exceptions are President George H.W. Bush who sought to halt loans to Israel if it continued to build settlements. Okay. And President Barack Obama, who, pre- who pressured Prime Minister Netanyahu into pausing settlement building. Despite these efforts, neither they nor President Joe Biden have been willing to take punitive actions against the Israeli government 
to bring the settlement project and Israeli's creeping annexation to an end. So Israel just keeps kind of pushing that line, mm-hmm. right? And, and we just let him get away with it right. because of our history with them, of our, our ties with them. And I'm going to get more into the U.S.-Israel ties and yeah. why we have those strategic ties there um, later on in the show. But we just keep allowing this. It's not, I mean, without, like you said, very little consequence. Yeah. Right. Um, so this one continued, the one I started, continues by saying, um, the te- deterioration has been far more devastating and fast-paced than anyone imagined. It led to the worst violence between Israelis and Palestinians in years, not only in the conflict with Hamas, which is in Gaza, yes, which is one section. So Palestine, Israel is like kind of split. There's like the state of Israel, and then Palestine is like two sections. There's Gaza and then the West Bank, and um, they keep Israelis keep kind of pushing into the West Bank yeah. and setting up. Uh, um, housing developments in the West Bank, and um, that's kind of been a a, a a thing going on for decades now. Right. So, so um, Hamas is the kind of governmental control of the Gaza area, and right. the U.S. has kind of declared them as a terrorist organization. Right. And and they used to not be. Um, they used to be a pretty pretty solid group. Yeah. Um, but then in the uh, early 80s, they kind of shifted to yeah. violence. Yeah, and they were kind of a branch off the Muslim Brotherhood right. out of Egypt is what it was. Yeah. So, and I, I got some ba- a little bit of back history of Hamas, just so we can kind of better understand that in a little bit here. But it says that um, it has the conflict has killed at least 145 people in Gaza and 12 in Israel. So that seems a little lopsided there. Bit. Yeah. Which is is one of the issues I have is like, the retaliation, if it is sparking from missile strikes coming out of Gaza into yeah. Israel, which is what they always say, oh, right. they're just responding to missile strikes coming out of, of Gaza, um, the retaliation just does not quite— Right, yeah, it, it's, it kinda, it's, not, um, it's not equal no. at all. So, I mean, I don't know if you saw the Iron Dome that uh, yeah. that they have, so where they tried to, they shot rockets in— and Israel's Iron Dome, which is their missile defense system, mm. intercepted pretty much all the rockets, I think, except for two. Yeah. And one of them, I think, hit close to a school in which there was like 30 people that were injured. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, but then Israel, they they like, well, you have the information there, but they took out like a high rise. and Yeah, yeah and we got a lot of this stuff, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. But it says it, it spawned unrest in cities across the occupied West Bank. Where Israeli forces killed 11 Palestinians on Friday, and it resulted in firing rockets towards Israel from Palestinian refugee camps in Lebanon. So we got people from Lebanon joining in this. It says, Lebanese protesters briefly crossed the southern border with Israel. Jordanians marched towards Israel in protest. So all these other countries are coming to the defense of the Palestinians in protest, not necessarily like like battle, but just right. protesters coming from Lebanon and Jordan. So it says the crisis came as the Israeli government was struggling for its survival. As Hamas, which Israel views as a terrorist group, was seeking to expand its role within the Palestinian movement, and as a new ger- generation of Palestinians was asserting its own values and goals. So it sounds like like the up-and-coming Palestinians are probably a little more pissed off or a little, maybe even a little more radical or want to see yeah. something change a right. little more. So it says, and it was 
the outgrowth of years of blockades and restrictions in Gaza, decades of occupation in the West Bank, and decades more of discrimination against Arabs within the state of Israel, said Avra Avraham Berg, a former speaker of the Israeli parliament and former chairman of World Zionist Organization. All the enriched uranium was already in place, not literally, but just right. saying yeah, the right. bomb was there, yeah. and the trigger was that mosque incident. So right. it just kind of uh, sparked this fuse. I mean, the tension was already built up. Yeah. And w when you look at things like the blockade of Gaza and all this occupation going on on the other side and the West Bank, um, you can see how maybe potentially like a people group feels backed into a corner, right. and anything's going to set them off. Yeah. I mean, just well, to imagine if that was to happen to a group of people here. Right. And, and like we said, I mean, imagine if you were, you know, years of, of you know, your, your friends being told they couldn't live in a certain part of the city or, you know, um, you know, blockades preventing you from going different places, and then all of a sudden you get to Christmas time and, and you're told that you can't, you can't celebrate Christmas. Yeah. Right? Right. So let's back up just a year or so because we talked about Trump and his peace plans yes. and all this stuff. And we had said, well, that sounds all well and good. And you had said that we were skeptical of it. Right. I had never really actually looked too deeply into Trump's Middle East peace plan, okay. which he called the deal of the century. Remember that? Um, so I pulled up the article of it. And it says, Trump unveils Middle East peace plan with no Palestinian support. So there was this peace deal right. between Israel and Palestine yeah. that Palestine had nothing to do with. So okay. I, I don't understand how they even consider this a peace deal. So it says, Donald Trump has unveiled. So this came out in 2020, so last January. Yeah. So it says, <clears throat> Donald Trump unveiled his vision for the Middle East peace in a White House launch that gifted Israel a wish list of its long-held demands while promising Palestinians a potential state, but with se severe restrictions. You remember when Trump was in office and he declared Jerusalem as Israel's capital mm -hmm. and as the um, and he put our, uh, uh, our embassy embassy there. And I, I, I remember thinking then I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be bad. Mm -hmm. So it says standing next to smiling Israeli prime minister Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, Trump announced details of a 181 page plan to cheer and applause. Palestinian leaders were absent from the launch, having preemptively rejected the proposal, citing flagrant bias. Gee, I wonder why. How can you declare this the peace deal of the century well, if you one didn't side say who for who? <laughs> well, I know, but if one side's not present for yeah. to declare part of the peace, uh, to broker peace, you have to have both sides present. Right. Today, should I read in Trump voice? Sure, let's let's do a little of that. I, it's been a while. It's been a while since I did my Trump vote. Today, Israel takes a bigly step towards peace. I was not elected to do small things or shy away from the bigly problems. Says a copy of the plan released by the White House said the proposal intended to number one establish Jerusalem as Israel's undivided capital. Israel is kind of like Berlin right. post World War yeah. Two. It's like kind of split yeah. between like Berlin was right. split between Germany and like Soviet. Right. Yeah. Because one of the things that they talked about is that um, when we were talking about some of the, these things is that people on one side of Jerusalem could not talk to their family or friends on the other side of Jerusalem. Remember, we had uh -huh. talked about how they were going to allow them to have phone privileges yep. where they could talk to each other back and forth. Yep. Well, 
they're not allowed to talk to each other back and <laughs> forth. Well, that that could be problematic. A little bit. Says um, so. This peace deal establishes Jerusalem as the undivided capital of Israel. So it's just taking it all from Palestine and saying, nope, this is all yeah. Israel's. Um, <clears throat> with the potential of a Palestinian capital to the east and northeast of the city. What do you think they're going to think of that? Like like you said, Jerusalem's the most holy city yeah. across the triad of religions between right. Christianity, uh, Muslims, and, and Judaism. And Judaism. Um, so to be like, I'm sorry, but we're going to just give you some territory up there. Yeah. And from what I've heard or read, they're giving them like some like desert territory, right. like some really like shit territory. Yeah. It says, uh, number two, recognize the vast majority of Israeli set settlements on occupied Palestinian territory as part of the country of Israel. A Palestinian state would receive territory, mostly desert. That's what I was getting at. That's where I saw it. Um, so they'll get their own territory, but the occupied, like, West Bank is going to go to Israel. Right. We'll give you some, like, shit desert territory. Right. Near Gaza to compensate for the loss of about 30% of the West Bank. Gaza and the West Bank would be linked by a high-speed rail. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, number three, recognize the Jordan Valley, which makes up about a third of occupied West Bank as part of Israel. Uh, four is offer a path to some form of Palestinian statehood, but with no army. Hmm. And overarching Israeli security control in some areas. So we're going to give you statehood, but you can't have an army. And, you're and gonna we're going to put occupied Israeli <laughs> security forces in there. Yes. The plan also sets a series of conditions the Palestinians have to meet before receiving independence, including the complete dismantling of, of Hamas, which, government, which governs Gaza. So mm. before we can give them statehood, we got to get rid of Hamas. Right. Uh, the possibility of stripling... Stripping Israeli citizenship from tens of thousands of Arab Israelis who live in 10 border towns, with those towns and the residents being included into any future state of Palestine. So um, they're no lo longer going to have Israeli citizenship um, if they're Arabs living in Israel. Recognize sections of the desert bordering I Egypt as part of any future Palestine state. So the desert between Egypt and Israel is where they're going to oh. get to settle. How nice. Lovely. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. The last one is refuse Palestinian refugees the right to return to homes lost to Israel in previous conflicts. Now, if you don't know, going back 100 years or so, um, there was like UN policies that said that after conflicts were resolved, Palestinians would be allowed to return to their homes. So this peace deal of the century says no refugees no longer have the right to return to their homes trump said the economic portion of the plan would lead to one million new jobs one million jobs for palestinians over 10 years invest 50 billion into the new state and triple its gdp netanyahu lauded the proposal as a great plan for israel it's a great plan for peace Critically, he said, the status quo of Israeli control over Palestinian territories would remain in place until the deal was reached, which he anticipated would take years. So he's basically saying, we're going to keep doing what we're doing until this peace deal goes through. Right. So you might want to push this peace deal through because we're just going to keep occupying and doing yeah. all the things we do. He added to Trump, you have been the greatest friend that Israel has ever had in the White House. That's scary. So... You talked about all the presidents that so were full-blown support of Israel and 
their yeah. occupancy and stuff. Well, Netanyahu says Trump was the greatest of all of them. So what do you think of all that? You think that's a, the peace deal of the century? I think that's a pretty sweet deal for Israel. Yeah, very sweet deal for Israel. And that kind of brings into question all the peace deals that Trump arranged between Israel and some of these Muslim states. Because yeah. we talked about, you know, why are they doing this? <laughs> well, because the ones that oppose Israel the most, like Iran, like Palestine, they're, I think we had said, they're just kind of forming a, a like an alliance against those states. Yeah. Like, you know, come to our, come to our help when these states get pissed off enough and, and come to fight against us. Yeah. So it was, uh, it, it would be like Andrew Jackson, right? Sitting down with the Cherokee Nation. Saying we got a we got a sweet peace deal for you, and and we're gonna we're gonna put you out on a little piece of land in Oklahoma. I feel like I feel like this happened. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this happened right? a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's virtually what it is. It's like, well, you're not gonna get to live here, but yeah. we got this prime real estate <laughs> out in freaking Nevada. Yeah, in the middle of the desert. I mean, nobody's out there, so you'll be all perfectly fine on your own. Yeah, yeah that's basically what this is. Yeah. And the U.S. fully supports this and endorses this. And I I don't know, like, where are we supposed to stand on things like this when yeah. we're supposed to be, like, Israel's biggest allies, but right. then we're right. brokering these things that are displacing. You want to know where a lot of the refugees come from that come from the Middle East? It's from there. Yeah. yeah. It's from— well, I there's 700,000 um, displaced Palestinians because mm -hmm. of this. Yeah. So— um, and, and, you know, it, I, I am a supporter of, of Israel's right to defend itself, right? I sure. understand. I, I understand. I'm a, I'm a supporter of any country's right to defend itself. No, no, no. Itself. I know that. And, but, and I, I know that Hamas, one of their, 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 in their mission statement, one of them is the elimination of the I Israeli. Have, I have their right? mission statement. Right. To and, read for it in a little okay, bit. Okay. We're getting so. there. Yeah, we will. So. We, and and so I, I understand the conflict that is there, mm -hmm. right? However, if you truly are trying to present some kind of peaceful solution, mm -hmm. would you not try to work with those people? Right. I mean, would you try not to avoid their prayer time? Would you try not to displace them further than what they already are? I mean, it, it just... Like we say, the one rule is don't be a dick. Right. right? Yes. And, and again, I support their, their their right to defend themselves, but there's a line where you don't be a dick to right. people. And, and, and Israel is continually crossing that line. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been going on for at least 100 years now. Well, longer than that, but more yeah. mo in modern times for about 100 years. And I've got this little section to read here that's just like a brief uh, history of the, the last hundred years of that conflict and how that arose. Yeah. There's a lot of reading tonight, and I apologize, but um, we got to get like kind of some historical context here. So you're not just like, well, they just hate Israel, and they just want to see Israel blown off the face of the planet, which yeah. I guarantee you there's a lot of like Iranians or Palestinians or people from Hamas that do believe that Israeli uh, Israelis need to be removed from the face of the planet. Right. But there's more to it than just that. There's not just this like, well, they've just for 
since the beginning of time, they've just hated the Jews. No, that, no, I not, know that. Uh, there, there's, there's background here. we got to yeah. get context for this. Absolutely. So this is from BBC out of an article titled, um, How Did or, uh, is Israel-Gaza Violence, the Conflict Explained? I'm not going to read all of it, but there's a section called A Hundred-Year-Old Issue. So this talks about like what took place after World War One and how this all started. Right. So it says Britain took control of the area known as Palestine after the ruler of that part of the Middle East. The Ottoman Empire was defeated in World War One. The land was inhabited by a Jewish minority and Arab mi- a majority. So it says tensions between the two people grew when the inter- international community gave Britain the task of establishing a national home in Palestine for the Jewish people. Because who's better to do that than the Brits? Yeah, well, it was basically the UN said, "Yeah, do this." Well, because they won against the Ottoman Empire, right? And they won this territory, which is now Israel, right. which was the Ottoman Empire, where all the uh, Palestine at the time. Right. Um, so they they gave them the job of establishing this home, and there's a lot more history that we can't even get right. into, and a lot of sides and angles to this of how this yeah. took place. You can go full blown conspiracy right. theories. You can go full blown like the main narratives. Right. I'm just we're just giving like brief right. brief yeah. because they they easily could have given the Jews say like Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they decided to give them back their ancestral land. Yes. Says for the Jews, it was their inc- ancestral home, which you just said. But Palestinian Arabs also claimed the land and opposed the move. Gee, I wonder why. They've been there for how many thousands of years now? Between the twenties and forties, the number of Jews arriving there grew, with many fleeing from persecution in Europe and seeking a homeland after the Holocaust of World War II. Violence between Jews and Arabs and against British rule also grew. So, th- the British are just kind of trying to broker something right. and they kind of were forming this two state state right two two like dual state between right. palestine and israel or the jews and the palestinians whatever it says in 1947 the u.n voted for palestine to be split into separate jewish and arab states with jerusalem being becoming an international city so mm. it was belonging to any of them right which is interesting to me that you have an international city yeah. it'd be like dc I yeah, mean, for yeah, for the United States. But imagine a world right. controlling well, a city in this. Yeah, it would be like we're gonna we're gonna keep DC as an an inner like an interstate inner country yeah. city, and we're gonna put uh, Black Lives Matter and the Ku Klux Klan <laughs> there next to share. Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> virtually what we're talking here. Like extremes on both sides. Yeah. Um, it says the plan was accepted by Jewish leaders, but rejected by the Arab side and never implemented. Uh, the creation of Israel and the catastrophe, quote unquote, says in '48, unable to solve the problem, the British just left. <laughs> they, they pulled a pilot. <laughs> yeah, they're like, um, we wash our hands. We're done. Yes. Yeah, you guys are on your own. Figure the shit out on your own. Says left the Jewish leaders, and the Jewish leaders declared the creation of the state of Israel. So the British left. Jewish leaders are like, this is ours. Yeah, and. Palestinians yeah. were not happy. Who, who's in charge? One, two, three. It. <laughs> Got it. It's ours. Many Palestinians objected, and a war followed. No way. That'd be like, it'd be like, if a group of Native Americans all like formed together and came back here, and we're like, we're taking this back for ours, and they said, this is ours now. Of course, Americans, yeah. even, even as woke as we are now, um, the American government's gonna be like, no, you fucking ain't. It's I ours. Know. I think aren't they giving them Oklahoma? Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know now. 
I, I, I haven't heard the latest. It says hundreds of thousands of Palestinians fled or were for, forced out of their homes in what they called al Nakba, Nakba, or the catastrophe. So that's when a lot of Palestinians began right. being displaced and there was refugee problems and yeah. things like that. By the time the fighting ended in a ceasefire, the following years, Israel controlled most of the territory. Jordan occupied land which became known as the West Bank, and Egypt occupied Gaza. Jerusalem was divided between Israeli forces in the west and Jordanian forces in the east. Because there were never a peace agreement, each side blamed the other. There were more wars fighting and in the decades and f- more wars and fighting in the decades that followed. So just basically all the way up till now there's been right. off and on wars. Yeah. Like the biggest ones were there in 48 in and then 67. in 67 was the 6-day war. Yeah. And so these are here's a look kind of of what the the division of the the area is currently today like the boundary so you got um all of this section is israel gaza is called the gaza strip because right. it is literally just a just strip. a strip but it's like prime real estate right there on the on the water yep and then you got the west bank which is actually on the east side which yeah. is really weird well i guess it's the west bank of whatever this is here is that the red sea there oh yeah i feel like that's the red yeah, sea yeah that is the i red could sea. be wrong I don't know. Mm. Or is that the Sea of Galilee? I don't know. It's biblical. I don't know. <laughs> it, there's a sea there, and it's on the west bank of that yeah. sea. Um, so this is the area, and you see Jerusalem, that little dot there that is kind of right, like smushed between the right. west bank and Israel. And Israel is pushing in and into the west bank area and building up and occupying areas in the west bank. And then also um, this peace deal, like I said, that Trump orchestrated said Jerusalem right. is now part of Israel. Right. So um, to to expand on that, they call it the occupation, and it refers to the land that Israel captured during the 1967 war, mm-hmm. the Six-Day War, um, and it includes uh, the West Bank, East Jerusalem, uh, Golan Heights, and Gaza. And despite the partitioning of the West Bank into areas A, B, and C following the Oslo Accords to give some agency to the Palestinian Authority, Israel retains full military control over the territory, which is also home to nearly half a million settlers. While Israeli settlers were withdrawn from Gaza in 2005, Israel retains control over the border and airspace of the territory, restricting what is allowed in and out and periodically engaging militarily in the territory. Um, More broadly, the Israeli occupation can be understood as a system of military rule um, in which they tend to deny certain civil, political, and economic rights to Palestinians. So, I have this opinion piece in The Guardian, but I'm not going to read it, but it talks about how um, this whole conflict is just basically the international community or the UN or whoever the power international powers are just basically neglecting a brutal crisis, like a humanitarian crisis. It's basically them just shutting a blind eye to it and just letting whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, it, it says, The story of neglect cementing in place injustices and inequity stretching back to the 48 Palestine War made a new explosion of violence all but inevitable. Well, obviously it's inevitable because it happens all the time, like every couple of years. I think it happened in 2012, 2014, yeah. uh, 2018. So right. it's like every two years. Um, it happens. And, and here is, um, and I, I'm reading from a, um, this is called Jewish Voice for Peace. This is a, um, a Palestinian um, 
um, uh, support uh, mm-hmm. website that I'm reading this from. So, although Palestinian citizens of Israel are entitled to vote and participate in Israeli political life, and several Palestinians are members of the Kisnet, the Israeli parliament, they do not receive the same ju- treatment as the Jewish citizens at the hands of the government. Israel still applies over 50 laws that privilege Jews over Arabs. Um, For example, the 1950 Law of Return grants automatic citizenship rights to Jews from anywhere in the world upon request, while denying that same right to Palestinians. Government resources, meanwhile, are disproportionately directed to Jews and not to Arabs. One factor in causing the Palestinian of of Israel to suffer the lowest living standards in Israeli society by all economic indicators— 25% 25% of Israel's population is not Jewish. So it's like major oppression of a giant yeah. minority segment. It, it's probably like the equivalent of black people in the United States, like yeah. the, the size of Palestinians in Israel who so, aren't given the same rights as Israelis. Yeah, and so here um, I have a list here of different laws that uh, do not— that Okay. Uh, basically, and and there's several. I'm just gonna read a couple. So apparently, uh, Israeli security forces can uh, do stop and frisk to Palestinians. Um, there's minimum uh, mandatory minimum sentencing um, for those convicted of stone throwing. Stone throwing. Stone throwing. Oh, yes. Uh, revoking child allowances from parents of children convicted of security offenses. Fines of parents f- of stone throwers. So if your kid throws a stone, you're fine. Oh wow. Yes. Um, let's see. Um, a lot of these are just really long to read. I'd have to look into them more. Um, apparently there's, um, um, they have to jump through several hoops to own land. Um, they can not boycott certain things or else they will also be fined. So it seems like it's, Again, I'll have to. I'll look into this more, but it seems like they are just. I mean, they're second-class citizens. Yeah, is right. to say right. So, uh, uh, I think it's probably safe to say that a large portion of this conflict arises or stems from really shitty leadership over there, because yeah. from what I've read about like Benjamin Netanyahu, he's not a great person, and yeah. he is a. He's he's the George H. W. Bush of Israel. Or the basically. Donald Trump of Israel. Like if you if you want to th- talk like Donald Trump and his nationalist ideology and all that shit, look at Benjamin Netanyahu. Right. He was he is very pro nationalism. Yeah. Well, and I believe he, he is former intelligence. Oh yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. And let's not even get into Israeli intelligence. I mean there I some shady shits come out of Israeli intelligence oh, over I over mean, the you, decades. Everybody's heard stories of the Mossad. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, after Munich, where several Jewish um, athletes were killed um, by terrorists, I mean, they were given carte blanche to go around the world to hunt these guys down and kill yeah. them. So. so one thing, I mean, if you want to think of somebody that wants to promote peace in your country— you probably shouldn't make statements like this because, well, there's the whole there's the whole denying the Holocaust, which in yeah. some countries will get you thrown in jail. Right. And then there's Benjamin Netanyahu that says that has declared the Holocaust wasn't conceived by Adolf Hitler at all. You know who it was conceived by? Who? The Muslims. The Muslims conceived the Holocaust, and Adolf Hitler met with them, 
and they put this idea in his brain, and that's when he decided to carry this out. Because yeah. as he says, the Holocaust wasn't conceived by Adolf Hitler and his gang of cronies, um, but was actually cooked up by the Mufta, Mufti of Jerusalem, Haj Amin al-Husseini, who wasn't a great guy, I'm sure, but still... Um, he, he says, Netanyahu made the charge while giving a speech at the opening of the World Zionist Congress this week in Jerusalem. I don't know when this was that this article came out, but um, 2015. So this has been years ago. But he came out at the Zionist like convention and said, you know what? It's not the Germans' fault. It's not Hitler's fault. It actually started with these Muslims. So obviously that's a charging statement. And it's not a statement of peace. That's like if Donald Trump got up and was like, all this problems stemmed from black people, right. which people say that Trump said shit like that all the time. Or, I mean, they they say they say Trump was horrible for say, calling Black Lives Matter a bunch of thugs. Yeah. But then you have Netanyahu, what, six years ago, saying that the Holocaust was concocted by Muslim leaders in Jerusalem. Right. Yeah. Sa says, to say Hitler, as one sc scholar put it, was little more than clueless anti-Semite convinced by an Arab-Palestinian Muslim to conduct the Holocaust is so vile and so racist, so historically inaccurate, and so wrong thing to say at this particular moment in the conflict between Israelis and Palestinians. Because I said, um, in 2014, there was a big conflict, so this right. was just after that. So here, here's your context here. Um so, indeed, um, let's see, Hitler met with al-Husseini, and al-Husseini began the conversation by declaring that Germans and Arabs had the same enemies, the English, the Jews, and the communists. Mm -hmm. He proposed an Arab revolt all across the Middle East to fight the Jews. The English, who still ruled Palestine and controlled Iraq and Egypt, and even the French, who controlled Syria and Lebanon. The British had secured a mandate for Palestine at the Paris Peace Conference in 1990, 1919, sorry, and made it halting attempts to create a Jewish national home. This was in 1919. Uh, there without prejudicing the rights of the Arab population. He also wanted to form an Arab legion using Arab prisoners from the French Empire who were the POWs inside Germany. He also asked Hitler to declare publicly as the German government privately that it favored the elimination of the Jewish national home in Palestine. That's as far as it went. So there was no, hey, let's put them let's, all in let's camps. Kill the Jews. And, right, right. <laughs> so all he said is we have the same enemies. So even if, for example, like let let's let's play devil's advocate. Even if this Alucini or whatever his name was did tell Hitler that we should do this. Yeah. What's the purpose of Netanyahu coming out and making the statement here? That'd be like if we're trying to fix right. relations. Let's say Biden is trying to fix relations between us and Germany that Trump burned between right. us and um, Angela Merkel. And in that, he was over there and he's like, well, you guys fucking started the Holocaust. You killed all those Jews. You think that's going to right. broker peace between <laughs> right. the two? Yeah. Right. No. Uh, this yeah. is. I mean, it's just <laughs> charging statements. And yeah. it's just like the lack of leadership there. Yeah. That um, it, it's not like he wants to. No. Because he's even come out this week and been like, we're going to keep doing this. Yeah. And it, yeah. indefinitely, basically, what yeah. he's saying. He's like, we're going to do it till we're done, is yeah. basically what he said. I think he said something about burning Gaza to the ground, yeah. if need be. Yeah. So, I mean, he's nationalist, ultra-nationalist, obviously. Yeah. He, he's basically what you would think of the almighty evil, hit, uh, not Hitler, uh, Trump, in 
Israel when yeah. when you're talking nationalism. Only they're actually forcing people out of their homes. Yeah. They're evicting people from their homes, and yet we are sitting idly by. Not we're not even sitting idly by. Yeah, we're funding them. Right, we're. <laughs> Giving them money, we we spend billions of dollars on them a year, send directly to Israel, right. and well, again, they they are a major military and nuclear power in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they there is not a military in the Middle East that can compete with Israel. Right, right. So, and, and that is because of the United States. And we just made a weapons deal with them, seven hundred eighty-three million dollars, just this week. Yes, I mean Friday. Is that not a slap in the face to what's going on over there? Well, it, it's odd because. Biden is talking to Iran about, you know, getting them off sanctions and and stuff. But then he goes ahead and brokers a military deal like this. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, and you know, Iran is in full support of Palestine against Israel. Oh, absolutely. They're they're one of the big supporters of Hamas. So it almost makes you wonder if this is kind of to spark things over in Iran more. Because we talked about that. It's like maybe maybe these little things going on are ways of— kicking more stuff off in the Middle East, because yeah. war is money, like right. we say all well, the time. And, and we talked about some of the, you know, the uh, the Iran nuclear facility that uh, had a sabotage, you know, they had like some kind of huge glitch, you know, so they had to take it offline, and that Israel came out, and they're like, yeah, that was us. You know, they had the, uh, the automatic remote control car with machine guns that took out the scientists that we were like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, so, you know, Israel has been... They've been doing their fair shit, shit towards Iran, right? So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. So apparently, um, during the at the time of this article in 2015, the most recent elections, it looked like Netanyahu was going to get defeated. Yeah. Came out with statements saying that Palestinians were. It says statements about Palestinians and assuring thuggish supporters that there would never be a peace deal as long as he was the prime minister of Israel. And that's he rallied support by saying, we're not going to just come to turn. We're not going to roll over to the Palestinians as long as you keep me in power. Right. I mean, it sounds a lot like Donald Trump. It really does. Well, it sounds a lot like, um, dare I say, Putin. Yeah. It says uh, the jigsaw puzzle of Israel politics where small parties with only two or three seats can dictate the fate of the entire nation, and that was all he needed. So mm-hmm. basically he just had to make statements like that, and he got reelected into power. Mm-hmm. So he's a shady character, from, and yeah. I'm sure that's the least of some of the stuff he's done. Yeah. But I, I don't have time to get into that. But then we got the other side. You yeah. talked about Hamas, Yeah, how they have this statement of wanting to pretty much destroy Israel or right. just, like, flatten Israel. Right. Which, I don't know. I, I I'll keep it to myself, I guess. Um, so this is don't dr- keep it to yourself. I, That's I, why we have a show. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get into it after all I right, read this. All right, all right. So this is the covenant of Hamas, and again, I don't have time to read the whole thing. Yeah, but it's the covenant of the Islamic resistant movement, which was issued in 1988, which is what you were talking about right. when they kind of really rose. They kind to of turned the 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 corner. Yep, says. Um, Islamic resistance movement, also known as Hamas, is an extremist fundamentalist Islamic organization operating in the territories under Israeli control. Its covenant is a comprehensive manifesto comprised of 36 separate articles, which, again, I don't have time to read all those, all of which promote the basic Hamas goal of destroying the state of Israel through jihad, Islamic holy war. Uh, The following are excerpts excerpts of the Hamas covenant. So the goals of Hamas. 
Here's the first. It says, The Islamic resistant movement is a distinguished Palestinian movement whose allegiance is to Allah and whose way of life is Islam. It strives to raise the banner of Allah over every inch of Palestine, or the state of Israel, right. because they declare the whole... They, right. they don't follow the terms or the borders right. that were set up by the yeah. international... They, they want it all. Yep. Which Israel wants it all, too. Right. So They both want it all. On the destruction of Israel, they say, Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. That's the preamble. So, I mean, it's, it's that's not a catchy beginning. It's not beating around the bush <laughs> no, at all. No. It says the land of Palestine is an Islamic waqf or a holy possession consecrated for future Muslim generations until Judgment Day. No one can renounce it or any part or abandon it or any part of it. So, again, the whole part, all of right. it, not just part of it. Palestine is an Islamic land. Since this is the case, the liberation of Palestine is an individual duty for every Muslim, wherever he may be. The call to jihad, it says, The day the enemies usurped part of Muslim land, jihad becomes the individual duty of every Muslim. In the face of the Jews, usurpation is, it is, compulsory, it is compulsory that the banner of jihad be raised. So basically, if our land is usurped, um, which... The Jews did, it says in this statement. Yeah. Um, then it is our duty to raise the banner of jihad or right. a holy war. Yeah. Ranks will close, fighters joining other fighters, and masses everywhere in the Islamic world will come forward in response to the call of duty, not the video game, uh, loudly proclaiming hail to jihad. This cry will reach the heavens and will be will go on being resounded until liberation is achieved. The invaders vanquished and Allah's victory comes about. So there's just a little section of right. The the oh, Hamas, Hamas goodness. Yeah, their their covenant. Right. Which is Israel will continue to exist as a Jewish state until we obliterate them. Right. Which some leaders in Iran have made similar statements. Right. Obviously Hamas makes these statements. Yeah. And you've seen the you can you can go to YouTube and you can see like some of the uh, propaganda videos from Hamas or for um from Iran about like Jews and, and Americans and you know, basically, they're they're like pigs, and you know, they're they're for slaughter. Well, what I was gonna say that I gotta, I mean, I gotta dance light around. It's just like, why wouldn't they think this with everything that not only that the Jewish people in Israel did taking their land, pushing them out, or whatever. Yeah. But also, again, the propaganda that's being pushed that is very it's very paralleled to. How ISIS formed, yeah, with their sentiments towards the United States. Right. I mean, we're supposedly there to like liberate the right. whatever nation we were in. Right. You name it, right. Middle Eastern nation. Um, a certain segment felt that was not no. our place I, to be, and right. then they raised up this young generation to hate Americans yeah. and made certain st similar right. statements to this. Like, no, they're they're only here to harm us, and it yeah. is our duty to basically Take destroy them. Out. I mean, the moment we set foot in the Middle East to stop Saddam Hussein, we got a target on our back from Al Qaeda, mm -hmm. right? And and because we weren't supposed to be there, we yeah. weren't supposed to be in their holy land, and and we were now an invading force. Mm -hmm. And as soon as Israel stepped foot in the Middle East, they got a target on their back because they're yeah. invading their holy land. Well, yeah, it's, I mean it's. On the flip side, people say, like you had said, Israel has the right to defend itself. Absolutely. They have the right, and it's always goes comes back to well, Israel's protecting 
the the Jewish state of Israel. Right. It, they must do this to protect the existence of the Jewish state of Israel. Yeah. But then on the flip side, obviously the other side's going to say the same thing. Right. We are protecting what is rightfully ours. Right. I mean, both sides claim it as rightfully theirs. Right. So they're going to do what they can to protect it. Yeah. And there are shitty people on both sides. And right. extremism forms and right. just runs rampant when they're when there's a tinderbox set up just like this. It's easy to throw out propaganda, right. racist propaganda, nationalist propaganda, mm-hmm. what what have you, and be like, it's their fault. Right. And we can fix this. We're uh, clearly that side doesn't want peace. Right. Both sides are saying the same thing, yeah. I'm sure. And the only way for things to get better is to just get rid of them. Right. And it's the same on both sides. Absolutely. And so you can't give a free pass to Israel no. and then blame Hamas when no. both sides are equally at fault, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. I think both sides are equally at fault. Like you said, there's shitty people on both sides, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, again, Israel should they should work within the confines. I mean, that their citizens work within their citizens. Apparently, Israel's not as woke as America is. Yeah. And in the very least, they should follow the international boundaries set up in 1948 with, like, the West Bank and Gaza right. and, and Israel, and, and they should at least operate in those right. confines. Yeah. I no, mean, I if, agree. If they want to play this game, at least follow those guidelines. Yeah. And, and I understand why they expanded the borders to give themselves a buffer to the attacks, because they were getting attacked from Lebanon and from Jordan and from the Palestinians that were there. And so they, they kind of buffered out, right? But, mm-hmm. again, the problem is they're treating it like East Germany, yeah. where they, they put up a wall, and they're separating families, and they're treating one side as second-class citizens. And so, the, essentially, they are they're being tyrannical. They are being dictators towards their own people because they... They're second-class citizens. Well, you know who else? What other countries have wanted to set up a buffer? Oh, Russia did. I mean, that's Soviet why Russia Union did. Russia did recently well, with yeah. with well, Ukraine. They invaded Ukraine right. because it was well, that's theirs. What Eastern Europe was? I mean, Russia took over all of Eastern Europe because they wanted that buffer against the the Western European yeah. nations because they were afraid of invasion. And so, no, I I think it's Hitler also did that. Hitler, <laughs> well, Hitler wanted all of it. Yeah. So, um, but, I mean, what do you say, though, when you're, I mean, okay, they look at it traditionally as it's their ancestral home, right? Sure. Right? They, it was given to them in the Old Testament, right? That they took from somebody else then? Right. Well, <laughs> which is I'm just going to play devil's no, advocate. No, because but you're it, right. You're right. They, they were, di- but according to the Bible, they, God gave them this land, right? right. That, yes, they, they took it from somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Now, in the Quran, the land was given to Islam. Yes, Muslims. So, and, and you're not going to rectify the two. There's, mm. You're just not. There Especially, is no way. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't even necessarily think, mu- not all of, like the Zionists or the Zionist Jewish population. They're not all like biblically. No, no. And that's if you look it up. I would say less than half of the population in Israel are actually practicing Jews. Yeah, it's more of a political thing. Now. It's it's political. Whereas all of the Palestinians are Muslim practicing. Yeah, and it's all based on the Quran. Right. And so exactly. it is all very 
Yes. Bi- uh, not biblical. So, but so you'll never hear. I, I don't think you'll hear uh, other than just for political expediency. You won't hear a lot of the Israel's it, Israelites, Jewish people um, say, well, the Bible or the Old Testament um, is, is giving this to us. Yeah. Right. Right. Because that's uh, again, most of them are not practicing Jews. Mm-hmm. No, it, it just turns into a giant mess and it turns it into a political mess. It turns into uh Humanitarian crisis when we're forcing <laughs> thousands out of their homes. But when both both sides have documents or have have sacred books that that gives them entitlement to the land, how do you how do you rectify That's that? Like, but each having a deed to this house, right? Yeah, and being like, no, I've well, got the deed God, to this God house. God says I can have this. Well, God says we can have right, it. Let's say like, <laughs> and it's it's same God for for you know. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, but let's. <laughs> Not to call God an old dementia homeowner, but say a dementia old homeowner owns his house and he signs the deed to somebody and then he signs the deed to somebody else. I mean, who has right to that property? Right. I mean, everybody has the deed to it. Right. I'm not saying don't, don't. Yeah. Say I'm being heretical and saying God's a dementia right. no, 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 homeowner. But yeah, it's the same statement. It's like we yeah. both have the deed to this land. This is both rightfully ours. And so. But, but don't you think that. There's a line of decency that they can come to being like, okay, you know, we're both entitled to this, right? According to whatever. And don't you think that they could exist peacefully in an area? I mean, by just working around each other and coming to some kind of decent agreement, right? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, because Fair history enough. history says no. no not I, with I know. not with the the human nature says no. Human nature, the vast cultural differences. Yes. Like if you, you look here in the United States, yes, we have a bunch of different like races, a bunch yeah. of different uh, colors, backgrounds, or whatever. But culturally, we we've kind of become the same thing. Yeah. But if you look at us with the Native Americans, yes. Should we we should both be able to leave, live peaceful here? Did that happen? No, because no. human nature said, "No, I want more. Right. I want more. I want more. no. I want yours too." Oh, he's got he's got really prime real estate there. Yeah. Go take his land too. Well, and and that I mean that we can do a whole show on that because yeah. that's that's an even bigger mess. Oh but, yeah. Um, but but essentially though, what what has come to power in Palestine is a Black Lives Matter movement where they're saying, "Yeah, we want." to be in control but also we want reparations uh-huh. we want land and, and so you have extremists on one side and you have what appears to be a, a nationalist on the other side mm-hmm. so you're not going to come to any kind of real agreement with that and and when one segment of the population the more the stronger religious following ones that say this is our holiest of holy lands and you're telling them no let's broker a peace we'll just give you that land over there i mean no they're not going to agree to that well we can look at it and be like well if they would just come to terms and just just go take some other land but no 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 that'd be like telling saudi arabians that the saudi peninsula somebody else wants to take it over go go move your holy holy mosque somewhere else no it i I'm sorry, it's it's just not compatible. Right. And these are two incompatible cultures, right. clearly, because right. it's been going on for thousands of yeah. years. Well, I mean, it would be like, yeah, like you said, it would be like telling them they have to move Mecca. Yeah. Right? Right. So, I mean, you have, again, you have the, the holiest mosque 
in, in Israel. You got the 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 holiest Jewish temple, mm-hmm. and then you have the Temple Mount. Yeah, you know, for Christianity, you you as a Christian, you can go and do the whole like tour and and right. go everywhere Jesus goes and everything. So I mean, it's just, <laughs> and it's so ironic that you know people talk about the evils of religion, and you look at this area, and it is it is the very definition of. Of it because it's like shouldn't we all just like come together and, and just be peaceful here? But no, this no. is the area that is most blood soaked in the entire world. Yes, and this is biblically where the final battle is going to happen. And you can see it; <laughs> it's coming down to <laughs> and, it. And, and that's the ironic part of it. For well, I guess Christians and Muslims—I don't think the Jews believe this—but Christians and Muslims, they both believe that for God's final vision to be plan- revealed on Earth. Israel has to fall. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we're heading there, I think. I mean, I'm sure every generation has said this is the end battle. Right. Because, again, every two, three years, a battle pops off there. So we are about due for a break, and we're going to get back into this. We're going to maybe dig into some of the U.S. response to this a little more and talk a little bit more about this. Um, Haven't got any comments in the comment section. I know this is a touchy subject, and I, there's probably people that are just like, well, these guys don't support Israel and just shut us off. That's fine. No. I mean, don't shut us off for that. It's not that. Yeah. We're just we're just presenting both sides. Yeah. I, I, I think we've been pretty rough on both sides yeah. of it. I don't think we've given unfair, you know, benefit to either side. Right. So I don't I don't think so either. So uh, we are going to get into a break. We'll be right back. Share the shit around. We will take time for uh, some call-ins. Um, I'll post the link in the comment section and on the Facebook forum. So if you want to call in and give your opinions on this, tell us we're wrong, tell us we're right, tell us what you think should be happening there. Should we? Should the U.S. have anything to do with this in the first place? Should we be intervening? Should we be sending weapons to Israel? Should we back, be backing Palestine because of a humanitarian crisis? What what's your opinion? What's what's the solution here? Because, I mean, honestly, I don't know what the solution yeah, is. Right. I am uh, more of a non-interventionalist when it comes to the Middle East because all right. we do is fuck things up over there anyway. Yeah. So my stance is, leave it the fuck alone. But right. then we sit idly by why while a certain people group just gets forced out of right. their out of their territory yeah. or yeah. It, I mean, it's such a dicey thing because. You know, it's like, again, you know, I I say, well, they have a right to defend themselves. Yeah. But you're talking about vastly unequal <laughs> yeah, forces, yeah. right? And so, you know, to, to say, well, you know, we like to stand up for the little guy. Well, I mean, the little guy's kind of a dick, too. Well, and, and we so, always call Israel the little guy because of all the Muslim nations around it. Right. We, they've always kind of pegged Israel as the little guy that we have to defend, but... In reality, that's not really the case Israel could easily take out all the countries around them. Yeah. So we're going to get into break before we get any further into this, and we'll we'll maybe expand on that a little more once we get back from the break. So let's take about five minutes so we can replenish our drinks and get some more coffee and calm down a little and recollect our thoughts. And then um, when we get back here, we'll talk a little bit more about this age-old freaking conflict that's going on so we will be right back have you ever 
ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I asked myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remster W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. And once again, we're back. And once again, I'm clicking the wrong buttons for music. There's a lot of buttons over there. There is. I have probably... 25 buttons of different scenes set up that I don't use half of them anymore. <laughs> so I should get a little more organized in that. But Sorry. we are back, and we do have the opportunity for call-in. The um, link for that is in the YouTube comment section. It's also in the Facebook forum and the Anti-News Live forum and all that fun stuff. So um, we don't post it around everywhere just because... We don't want to get, like, super crazies in. So if we posted it all across, like, um, some of some of the other platforms that were not on as much, I feel like we would get, like, some spam call-ins and stuff. And yeah, right. I don't want to expose my Zoom yeah. link to spam call-ins. So yeah, we keep it, it to our, our close, closer-knit forums and, as well, the YouTube comments on this video. So... If you wonder why that's not ever posted on those, that is why. But if you're watching this, you should just be able to look down and see it in the comment section. So call us in. Give us our opinion, your opinions on this whole Israeli-Palestinian conflict, This yeah. what we've deemed the conflict as old as time, because yes. it's basically, I mean, we've given a little brief history, very brief. Very barely very, scratching very, the surface of the yeah, history of this. There's so much more entailed in this. Yeah, I mean, this we, we could do, like... If we were to do a series on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, it would probably yes. go a whole year, the yeah, entire I, year. I, I think Ken Burns could do a series on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we could drag Jeez. this out forever. Yeah. But we're not going to. We're just giving some brief background, just yeah. to give a little bit of context, like we said, into the the shit that's going on yeah. there, because it's not just well, Israel is. The, the underdog and all these these yeah. mean Muslim and, states want to take them out. And when I was talking about the little guy, I was talking about Hamas. No, I, I, yeah. I understand so, that. Yeah. But then it, it raised to me the whole yeah. opinion that, that people do give this opinion and, that Israel is the little little yeah. brother that we got to protect. Right. And, and, you know, and I understand, you know, uh, as a Christian, you know, the, the argument that, well, these are God's chosen people. But as Christians— 
isn't our job also to call somebody out? <laughs> yeah, right. If they're not behaving in a godly manner towards their brethren, I mean, aren't you supposed to pray for your enemies yeah. and not treat them like like dirt? shit? Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So, I think that's specifically in the Bible. Don't treat your enemy like shit. Right. Pretty so sure. So I, I, I think it, it's only fair to to call them out and be like, look, you know, you gotta you gotta reach out. You, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta breach that conflict. And you know, yeah, they may want to to murder you, but. You know, maybe if you you give a little, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. I, I mean, I, again, I know this is ne- that's not going to happen because I know human nature. Yeah, I know how right. people react. Uh, but I'm just saying, y- you're not innocent in this, right? And yeah. and and they should be called out for it. And um, you know, you gotta understand the U.S. isn't like being. I mean, we're not being the the guardian angel of Israel and right. just protecting them because God said so. No, we got our own interests yeah, there. We right. uh, That's the only reason yeah. the U.S. does anything overseas is because of our own personal interests. And yeah. I'm going to get into that, but first... I mean, let's be honest. If there was oil in Israel... <laughs> we'd be bombing them I was going to say, they would be the 51st state. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, just wanted to give a little bit of the numbers as of May 11th. So these numbers clearly have gone up since then. Because this says that 67 are dead, including 17 children in Israel. I know it's oh, much more than that. I was going to say, I, I had an article that said it was like 145 yeah, dead I, and 55 I, kids. I thought um, I had I thought I had um, an article that said that. I put, must have pulled up the wrong one. But we're talking like women and children are yeah. a large percentage of that. Right. And, I, you know, I saw a piece that said that, you know, Israel was going to do an airstrike, but then they stopped because there was kids there. Mm. But the... Uh, but there has been, I believe, 55 kids that have been killed um, in this. Yeah, I mean, there, there's Let me see. been oh, a lot go. going on. Okay. Um, all right. Since last Monday, um, it says there has been 195 Palestinians have been killed. And... Um, the article just move. Um, and 55 children. Okay. 11 Israelis have been killed and one child. Okay. So more than 2,000 rockets have been fired by Hamas into Israel. So a lot of people. And a lot of people on the pro Israel side are saying, well, Hamas uses children and women for as shields. And I'm not saying that's not true, but I, I am saying we use that excuse to. to 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 really go to war with anybody or back ourselves. Well, they they're using their kids as shields, or they're they're um, chemically attacking their own people, or the babies in the incubators. We always right. like tend to use those as reasons to go against whoever it is we want to go against. So it's hard for me to necessarily believe, or I'm not saying I don't necessarily believe Hamas would well, do that, but I also don't believe. I'm definitely not going to say that we wouldn't. Make a or Israel wouldn't make up that excuse well, to justify what they're also, doing. Also, you have to consider okay, you got Israel who has mandatory military service mm-hmm. for all its citizens, right? So essentially, everybody in Israel has military experience, mm-hmm. okay? They have the Mossad, which is one of the top spec ops units in the world. Don't you feel like they could maybe do a surgical strike if they wanted to on a Hamas office in a high rise, you right. know, rather than 
take out an entire 12-story building. I mean, to me, that just seems a little extreme. And again, I I don't know. I just think with the technology, what it is, um, with proper planning, you wouldn't need to take out a 12-story building um, to, to unless you're trying to make a point Which that you're no longer that? taking shit. Was that the was that the that's Associated the one that, Press one? Yeah, that's the one with the Associated Press. Well, I I had an article. I'm trying to find it of why Israel would take out that building, and I lost that article. It like disappeared all of a sudden. Um, it's, it seems like what they're claiming is a blatant attack on the press, just to keep their side of the story coming out, not mm-hmm. not anything else. Um, and that's that's Israel, not not Hamas themselves. So this one says, Israel knows how narratives can shatter under the scrutiny of media willing to investigate its claims. The Israel Defense Forces have one of the most active and responsive press offices among the world's armed services. Um, It says, from off-the-record briefings uh, to posting memes on Twitter. So the IDF, the Israeli army, basically— does off-the-record briefings, and they post things on Twitter. They're they're really in control of the flow of information, even down to the social media of it. Mm -hmm. So it says, um, the Israelis know the power of messaging, which is why the last several days of Israel's alienating the foreign media covering its latest offensive into Gaza feels both deliberate and like a mistake on their part. On Friday, not long after midnight local time, the IDF tweeted that IDF air and ground troops are currently attacking in Gaza Strip. So they're saying they have boots on the ground in Gaza. Right. says it was followed up with on-the-record confirmations from a spokesperson to reporters that there are ground troops in Gaza. It was only after journalists from the Wall Street Journal and other major outlets reported that the assault had begun that the IDF reversed course. There actually were no ground forces in the Gaza Strip. Instead, the army was still outside the Strip, launching artillery into the territory, it said two hours after its first tweet. The spokesperson who provided the confirmation said it was a mistake. Local Israeli media, on the other hand, reported it differently, according to New York Times. It says in Hebrew language press, the military was simultaneously being praised for luring Hamas fighters into the network of tunnels in northern yeah. Gaza, that was pounded by some 160 Israeli jets in a fury of airstrikes. So yeah. they're still so, claiming. So they, they, they manipulated the media to yes. give the message they wanted, and then they attacked Hamas when they fled. So it says, nobody likes a pat- to be a patsy. The media in particular looked poorly upon being used as a pawn, whether the lies come from a foreign government or our own. If the IDF used a false report to drag our targets, drag out targets, it transformed reporters from observers into participants. So... I don't there, have a problem with that. I, I don't necessarily either, but the Associated Press doesn't like to be drug into this to oh. get the enemy to come <laughs> well, out of hiding. I, yeah, who, who would? It says the Associated Press was one of the organizations that didn't run with the report. Its office in Gaza saw no confirmation of any ground forces in the area. So the AP did, was one of very few sources in the area that did not report that there were ground forces because right. they didn't see ground forces. Right says, that won't be the case moving forward. Its office in Gaza is gone, demolished in an Israeli airstrike. The occupants of the building that is shared with Al Jazeera and families that lived on the upper floors were given minutes to get out before the drone and fighter jets struck. struck. The building owners pleaded with the military before the striking, trying to at least give the media time to gather the reporting equipment. His request was denied. So 
the AP building was blown up because they said it was shielding Hamas fighters. Yeah. Was Israel's claim. They said, well, Hamas is hiding in this building, so we took out this building. Yeah. According to the people of the building, there was no evidence of that whatsoever. There was no um, Hamas there, and they are claiming that they only took it out because the AP wouldn't run with their story and follow their narrative, and they were giving information that Israel didn't want got out. They wanted to right. control the flow of information. What do you think of that? Do you think that's that's the case, or do you think do you I, think the I, official story that Hamas was hiding in the building is probably more likely true? I honestly, I don't know. I, I know that uh, Biden questioned the attack, and they said that uh, Israel's intelligence presented that intelligence to the United States government, and the United States government said, okay, we're good with that. And but again, I, I haven't seen the reports. I don't know if it's just propaganda, if it's United States, wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I, it's hard for me to say, honestly. I, I don't know. I, is it possible? Sure, it's possible. I mean, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> Hamas needs a nice office space as well as right. anybody. Um, is it possible that they would target the one newspaper source that's not releasing their information well, to? But there was several news. Uh, from my understanding, the building had several news outlets in the building. Yeah, Al Jazeera was stationed right. there, too. And Al Jazeera, well, <laughs> is predominantly anti-Israel mm-hmm. um, in their reporting. So, I mean, yeah, is it positive, possible they wanted to control the flow? Absolutely. I mean, as we've seen in this conflict, I don't think any bars are hold. I mean, everything's wide open. Right. Um, so I, I honestly, I, I don't know. It's it's very possible, but um, it's possible the other way. I, I'm not saying. Okay. I don't know. Well, apparently there was misinformation even being spread across social media by the Israeli government. Yeah. Um, which I said they, they use very liberally yeah on their side um i had an article about that too yeah and, um, and i mean oh oh it was uh netanyahu approved to re- um release this video on um i think it was tiktok it said or twitter it was on twitter of this supposed missiles coming out of gaza into israel um to spark emotions and it turned out this video was from 2018 it was coming out of like libya and syria not even out of gaza so they were misusing i mean that happens on the media here yeah so it doesn't surprise me that either and something that i mean we've seen or i've seen this last week is between between canada and everything that the mess that's going on there between Prince, uh, what's his face, Mary, De- Mary uh, Meghan Markle, who ca- doesn't understand our First Amendment, and this sh- shit with Israel now, it's like <laughs> freedom of press is a very rare thing. Yeah, freedom of speech is a very rare thing in this world. Yeah, that we take for granted. And then, yeah, we absolutely take it for granted, and so um, I-, I think that. The media was absolutely manipulated to, and social media was manipulated to make Hamas go where they want it so they can round them up and, and bomb the shit out of them for 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think that um, it's very possible Hamas had an office, but at the same time, Israel seems going scorched earth, so maybe they do want to take off anybody who's giving you know information that's contrary to state media. Yeah. So yeah, and ne- we see neither that in other countries me. all the time. Yeah. We see it in like China. We see yeah. it in... Any country, really. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and so we even th- saw attacks from like Donald Trump on the media here. Like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't attacks, literal attacks, right. but it was like, well, yeah, I mean, it was 
like verbal attacks like well yeah. we need to like pull their funding or right. do this or that because they're saying things against me so yeah. i mean i wouldn't put it past israel for taking no. out a building no but uh again like you said i want to put it past Hamas for hiding people in a building right. Like a citizen building well, either. Yeah. I mean, the CIA does it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, CIA will always, I mean, they always set up some kind of office or some kind of headquarters in a, a centralized populated area because it, it, it's, you know, you're not going to look under your nose. Yeah. Or right? you'll hide people in like hospitals because right. then who looks like the bad guy for blowing up a hospital? Right. Exactly. Or um, and the, the, al-Qaeda to hide in mosques right. because if you blow up a mosque, you look like the bad guy for blowing up a mosque. So, exactly. I mean, you hide them in the place that's going to raise the most attention. Exactly. So, um, so I, I did want to talk a little about, we, we kind of mentioned a little about the U.S. support of Israel, the, the underdog or the little brother or right. what have you. I had this article about, and this is more pro-Palestine, so obviously this is going to side more against Israel. What's the source? Um, this is Jacobin, jacobinmag.com. But it says, why does the United States support Israel? <clears throat> and I didn't pick it just because it was pro-Palestine. I picked it because some of the things they say makes the most sense of why we, we support Israel as much as we do. Okay. So it starts out, it says, hang on. Um, the ethnic cleansing of Palestine is one of the greatest crimes of the last century and has been made possible by Israel's utility to U.S. imperialism. That, I mean, I fully understand that and would agree with that, that it comes from U.S. imperialism or colonialism or, right. or just t taking stake to sections of the Middle East. It says, as Israel again wields brutal military power on a captive Gaza, trapped Palestinians seem numb with resignation tweets from the ground reveal palestinians preparing for the worst scrambling to gather their entire families so they can all die together they read less like cries for help and more like goodbyes that's really sad mm -hmm. says it can be hard to tell from the united states but there's really occupation and apartheid apartheid uh, apartheid are highly unpopular across the globe that's been true since israel was established in 1948 the, the backstory we gave a little bit of there says, yeah, Israel today has diplomatic relations with most of the world, due in part, in large part, to maneuverings of the United States. So we are basically their door to their connection right. with we're, the rest of the world. Yeah, we're their connection. Washington worked hard to normalize Israel and integrate it into the world economy. The United States has a special, quote-unquote, special relationship with the state of Israel as characterized by the U.S. State Department. This is the U.S. State Department's quote here. It says, Israel is a great partner to the U.S., and Israel has no greater friend than the U.S. Americans and Israelis are united by our shared commitment to democracy. There's that fun word we like to throw out there. Um, economic prosperity and regional security. The unbreakable bond between our two countries has never been stronger. It says, um, politicians are constantly invoking the U.S. commitment to Israel and constantly branding any criticism of Israel as anti-Semitic. Right. And we see that all the time. Anytime you question any of the doings of Israel, which we're probably going to get called out as anti-Semitic for just even questioning what's yeah. going on in Israel. Um, each year, Washington says $3.8 billion in aid and an additional $8 billion in loan guarantees to Israel. It's less clear why Israel is, untouchable, is an untouchable ally of the United States. Over the years, the U.S. has heard a litany of justifications for Washington's support of Israel because of the Holocaust, 
because it's the only democracy in the Middle East, and so on. Both points are dem demonstrably wrong. But it's not enough for us to expose the lies. We have to explain the U.S.-Israeli romance and why their special relationship has endured for over half a century. That gets down to this section here. This quote right here was the one that made the most sense to me. This was the quote. "Is emerging superpower seeks local client state. So this was post-World War II. Right. We were just emerging as the world dominant superpower. superpower. Right. And they, the entire world was just starting to realize that the Middle East was a very strategic place, what, mm -hmm. whether it comes to oil, whether it comes to what, what other, ever other resources well, I there. I mean, also look at its location to, mm -hmm. to Russia. Right. right. If you're looking for a place to you know, have an ally with some missile bases, right? Right. That is fairly close on the continent to Russia. Israel is perfect. It says, as World War II ended, capitalist competition was rap rapidly globalizing. The United States was an emerging superpower, hungrily eyeing the Middle East's newly discovered and vast oil deposits. A 1945 State Department memo described these deposits as a stupendous source of strategic power and one of the greatest material prizes in world history. Hmm. Again, you, you brought up oil. Mm -hmm. and that's a key reason why, why we have this relationship, is what they're saying. Yeah. As much as the U.S. ruling class wanted that oil... Invasion and colonization wasn't an option. That would have required ongoing direct, ongoing direct rule, which would have been fantastically difficult and expensive to support from thousands of miles away. And not to mention the fact that the Soviet Union was a rising power and right. was going to thwart whatever we set up shop there, right. like try to overtake there. Obviously, they're going to do whatever they can to stop that. Um, additionally, in the late... 50s and six, early 60s, Arab nationalism was sweeping across the Middle East. In Egypt, Pre President Gamal Abdel Nasser struggled to over or struggled to throw off British imperialism and unite Arab countries. Anti-imperial struggle erupted across the region, threatening to expel Western powers. These uprisings meant a highly unstable region, which made for a terrible invest investment climate. Still worse from the American point of view, many of these nations were moving closer to the Soviet Union. Again, that, that was kind mm -hmm. of, like you said, it was a strategic spot right. to have us defend kind of the territory against the Soviet Union. Yeah. United States was forced to seek allies in the region. To pull Arab countries into its orbit, it argued that capitalist democracy was superior to Soviet communism for their development. In 67, the Six-Day War made it clear to both the U.S. and Israel that a partnership was a good idea. We talked about that. That was one of the big wars between Palestine and Israel. Mm -hmm. Central motivation for Arab nationalism was in opposition to Israeli intervention in the region. Military tension rose on all Israel's borders uh, until Israel invaded the Jordanian-controlled West Bank, launched airstrikes over Syria, and attacked Egypt. Within six days, Israel had won a decisive land war and took control of the Gaza Strip and the Sinai Peninsula from Egypt. I did not know they took the Sinai Peninsula from Egypt. The West Bank, including East Jerusalem from Jordan and the Golan Heights from Syria. So they took over all of it yeah. in that, including Sinai Peninsula, including Gaza Strip, and including the West Bank and all of Jerusalem. Israel proved its ability to militarily overpower its neighbors. If made an ally, American power brokers realized the United States could use Israel to exert control indirectly. So it wasn't like, we got to protect our big brother. It's like, these guys have a lot of fucking polo over here. They're pretty yeah. powerful on their own. It's basically like a self-sustaining 
segment of yeah. us. So yeah. we don't have to send in our own right. like we did in all these other um, yeah. states where we have to occupy and right. send in our own forces. No, like no, I said, their, their military is on par with just about anybody. Sure. So hang on. Let me make sure nobody has called in because I haven't been paying attention. Uh-uh. Call in if you want to call in because we want to hear your opinions. Nobody yet. Um, says the United States quickly replaced Britain and France as Israel's new, more committed imperial sponsor. In the year before the Six-Day War, the U.S. aid to Israel was $23 million. In its aftermath, the U.S. support skyrocketed to $106 million annually, which has increased to billions now. Right. Billions. Um, huge sums faithfully appeared in Israel's ledgers on the first of every fiscal year, underpinning its technology and defense sectors. This is the basis of the Israeli miracle economy that Zionists recall as the make, making the desert bloom. Really, the miracle economy came from us. Mm-hmm. We made the desert bloom. Yeah. Today, the World Power Index ranks Israel's military and economy as the 10th most powerful in the world. So there's a little bit of reasoning of why. It's not because, yeah. hey, we got we to gotta look out for the little guy. All right. It's we got this big power player here, and we they're our strategic ally mm-hmm. in this fertile region. Yeah. Not fertile, but like when it comes to oil sources, when it comes right. to, um, like you said, power. Yeah, close to the Soviet Union. And, and again, I mean, after World War II, I mean, it was a mass like it was a scramble mm-hmm. to get land land like, grab. Yeah, I mean. Soviet Union was trying to gather up all the land and allies they could. The United States was putting people in power that they knew would not go communist, putting some real jerks in place, you know, to prevent because they were like, yeah, yo, no, I, I'm totally not communist mm-hmm. and I, w- I won't let Russia in here. But then they end up enslaving their entire population. Right. I mean, that's that's what like 90 percent of the, <laughs> the world became. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they had. Israel there, and Israel was willing to play ball. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it makes sense. It does. Is and it, especially when you think about America's fear towards the Soviet Union in that time. This says, in return of our financial support, Washington got what was effectively a U.S. military outpost in what American military strategists, strategists determined was the most important region in the world. So we got this outpost, mm-hmm. self-sustaining, like I said. We don't have to send in yeah. our own occupying force. Yeah, it says no price tag was too high for what the U.S. got out of the deal. An indigenous intelligence service, troops trained and familiar with the territory and ideologically committed, and all the weapons they would ever need there in the Middle East. So that makes they're already a sense. democracy. We don't have to completely revamp their government right. at the expense of the people fighting back because they're already there. They already have trained troops in that area mm-hmm. that are familiar with the land. They have um, the intelligence ser- uh, center, like we talked about Israeli intelligence and what it became. Um, so yeah. no no price tag was too big, they said. Right. So it says, conservative estimate of the cost of the U.S. to handle all of this itself is at least $125 billion. So if we were to go into a region right. and set up shop there— and not have the all those things I just said. It would cost 125 billion versus the mm-hmm. 106 million a year that they were paying at the time. Yeah. So vast difference. Yeah, 
yeah. huge, huge difference in um, what it could have been. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this was a win-win situation. Absolutely. So, again, it's not <laughs> it's not out of the goodness of our hearts we're going to no. protect the Israelis because they're God's chosen yeah. people. It's we got we got prime real estate here, and we yeah. got people to protect it for us and look out yeah. for our interests, and we'll look out for theirs. Absolutely. It's it's just us playing that whole. Yeah. Um, it's it's all about the dollars. Oh, it is. It's all about the dollars, and it's all about you know military superiority. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you look at the world map, and you look at you think about where the U.S. bases are, you know, in conjunction with the Soviet Union, Iran, and China, right, our biggest enemies, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Israel puts us in a prime spot, right. So, I mean, that that's I mean the background of why we're. Mm-hmm. But we're starting to see, at least from far left politicians, at right now they are, are they're siding against Israel, right? And a lot of it's the same reasons that we're saying, "Hey, look at this shit. What's going on here?" Right. Um, but you still got like Joe Biden is full support of Israel. He hasn't okay. come out and denounced anything. Yeah. He's called Netanyahu and said, "Hey, uh, we got to." issue a ceasefire here, but what kind of deals is he going to make? Well, and Biden has shown what kind of strength he has when dealing with Putin. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not going to put any real pressure on anybody. No, no, and Putin's not an ally. No, and and Netanyahu, I can't say his name. Netanyahu. Good old Ben is not so, I mean, he, like I said, he is a Putin-quality politician, and he right. is going to bend Biden and wrap him around his finger oh, to do absolutely. what he wants. Yeah, and again, the difference being, he can't push back on somebody that's not our ally. Do you think he's going to push back on one of our biggest allies and yeah. say, dude, right. what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Hey, come on, man. Come yeah. on, man. We got we to gotta work together here. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I had some screenshots of uh, people talking about, and this this is where the blatant racism and stupidity comes in mm-hmm. in the United States. Just people commenting on the yeah. articles, some of the articles we read. This person says, "I love the courageous acts of Israel in confronting satanic forces out to kill Jewish people. Keep up the spirit." <laughs> Somebody says, "Don't put Hamas officials in your nice buildings." That this is in response to the the right. AP building. Consequences of siding with a terror group that started a needless fight. <laughs> Again, stupidity, because they don't look into the full. Right. Yeah. But this person says, all free people stand with Palestine. Israel is a sy- symbol of terrorism and, and occupation. May our Lord save Palestine. Um, some person says, Israel is the beacon of light in the middle of Muslim darkness. Save the Palestinians from Hamas. You think th- the Palestinians are saying, please, please come in and save us from our Hamas yeah. when they're getting blown up themselves? Right. No. But, and, and, you know, it's what happens, though. When I mean, it's easy to, ha- to you know, you have the, the Muslim extremist boogeyman out there. Right. And it's easy to throw them all together yeah. in, one, in one group and say they're only attacking them because they—, they they're not Islam. They hate their way of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like George Bush said. They hate us because they hate our freedom. They hate our freedom, right? It's easy to say, well, they, they hate them because they hate their freedom. Mm-hmm. Or do they do they hate them because they don't get the freedom? You know, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. that's how extremism right. is birthed, is from right. um, being suppressed yeah. or being oppressed. Because I, I, when we first started looking into this, I, I was totally, 
I was totally, you know, on side of Israel. I know. I was right. like, we're going to debate this. I know. I thought, yeah, I was like, all right, we're going to do this. Here we go. And uh, and then as I'm looking into it, I'm like, okay, I again, I want to be on Israel's side with this, but they are mistreating a large population. Mm-hmm. They are persecuting them. They are kicking them out of their homes. Yep. They are not giving them equal due process, if you will, right? And I would I would criticize anybody, and I have criticized any country that would do the same to any other citizens. Right. And even though I want to be pro-Israel, I got to come out and just say, you're in the wrong. I, I'm sorry. Yes, a lot of shitty things happen to the Jewish people yeah. throughout history. Absolutely. The Holocaust happened. Right. The, the um, you know, in Spain, you know what, there is... There was like fifty thousand of them that were put, set to fire, right? Because they didn't want them in their country. Soviet Union, how many right Jewish were people starved were to death and slaughtered? Yeah, I, and it, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But it doesn't give you the right to do the same thing yeah, to you anybody can't, else. You can't be like, well, look at all the bad things that are happened to us. You got to support the shitty things we're doing right. to other people. Yeah. But um, we read how Hamas's statement was to pretty much obliterate Israel from the face of the planet. But then you got people on. Twitter saying, we'll get the Hamas out of there. Eliminate Hamas and Iran and Islam from the planet. Yeah, right. What's the difference? Right. It's the same covenant. You are basically reiterating Hamas's covenant just on the reverse side. And we talked about, what is that freaking group I mentioned earlier? The Lavaha? Yeah, something like that. Um, Wait, let me me look them up. So go ahead and talk. So, um, where, where where are we going with this? Oh, just talking about the stupidity, first of all. The ignorance that people just, like, le- leech onto these ideas, which has just kind of been thrown in our face for years mm-hmm. since World War II. Well, we got to support yeah. them because they're the oppressed. Well, they're the oppressors in certain situations now. Um, I want to move on to, like, how the U.S. support, like, overall support of Israel now um, if you got something else, that's fine. Yeah, so, um, all right, Lahava, which is the group that we talked about at the beginning that were protesting, saying, uh, kill the Arabs. Yep. All right? Yep. So, um, Lahava in Hebrew means flame. Uh, it's prevention of assimilation in the Holy Land. It's a Jewish far-right organization based in Israel that strictly opposes Jewish assimilation, objecting to most personal relationships between Jews and non-Jews. It has been called alt-right. It is opposed to the Christian presence in Israel. It has an anti-misgeneration focus, denounces marriages between Jews and non-Jews, forbidden by Orthodox Jewish law. Its actions have been denounced by President of Israel, Reuven Rivlin, as being like rodent gnawing under the shared democratic and Jewish. So it's a fun, basically KKK of the Jews, basically. If you're not mm-hmm. Jewish, you're you're... You're bad. You're you're trash. You shouldn't be in their country. They don't want you mixing with Jews of purebred. And so, you know, you have Hamas over there, but you also have groups like this over there. Yeah, that are also flaming, fanning the flames. And you probably got people like Donald Trump saying, "There's good people on both sides." <laughs> you know, that's happening too. Yeah. Um, that's Netanyahu said that. <laughs> right. Um, so that moving to like current state of U.S. supporting Israel. It's, this article is from VA, VOA News. It says U.S. still supports Israel, but fissures emerge. So we're starting to see more of a divide in yeah. like the public support and 
Um, we see like AOC and who's that? Um, Talib something. I right. can't think of her name. Out of uh, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, she's like, uh, who was it? Some guy came out and said that she was being anti-Semitic because she called out um, Israel's um, response. Oh, okay. And so she was blatantly called anti-Semitic because of it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who that was. I'll have to pull up that just to see who it was. But this article says, For decades, a bedrock principle of the United States foreign policy has been unwavering American political support for Israel. Let me pull this up so you all can see it, too. Uh, but as the latest clash between Palestinian militants and Israeli forces unfold this week in the most intense fighting since 2014, there are fissures. Some U.S. De Democratic lawmakers are voicing complaints about the Israeli attacks on Hamas in the Gaza Strip that have killed 83 people. So this is a few days ago. So this is, as you had said, 100-something have right, been killed now. since last Monday. And that's including women and children. Yeah. Um, while Republicans have maintained steadfast, unified support for the Jewish state, where at least six have been killed by Hamas missile strikes. Uh, U.S. officials... The White House said have made more than 25 calls in recent days to Israeli, Palestinian, and regional Arab leaders to quell the conflict. The U.S. has dispatched an envoy to Israel, that should be great, mm -hmm. to try to broker a ceasefire. Fantastic. President Biden talked with, with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu with the U.S. leader. A leader later saying, my expectation and hope is that this will be closing down sooner than later. Bad chance. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, you're very optimistic, Joe. Um, Israel has a right to defend itself when you have thousands of rockets flying into your territory. So he's clearly siding solely with Israel. And a lot of the left is split on this. Right. Just like a lot of the right was split over Donald Trump and is still splitting further right now right. over Donald Trump, the left is splitting over things like this. Right. And, and again, the, yes, absolutely. In proportionate response. Yes. Not in taking out a 12-story building and bombing tunnels for, for, what was it, four hours? Yeah. I mean. And killing women and children. and Yeah. Um, That's I, not proportionate response. Right. Yeah, just look at their firepower in res compared right. to <laughs> Hamas' firepower. Yeah. It's not a good comparison. Um, it says, Biden declined to criticize Israeli actions, but the White House said that in his conversation with Netanyahu, Biden shared his conviction that Jerusalem, a city of such importance to people of faith around the world, must be a place of peace, like we said you right. would think. Sure. You would think. In a perfect world. Yeah. The fate of Jerusalem, the Israeli capital, is at center stage in the conflict, with Palestinians angered at Jewish settlers attempting to take over Arab homes and neighborhoods while holding out hope to one day also claim the city as the capital of a Palestinian state. Key congressional Democrats who maintain narrow control of both, chamber of the US both chambers of the U.S. Congress are continuing to staunchly defend Israel's right to defend itself. So key Democrats are still defending right. Israel. Like Pelosi, probably. The U.S. in recent years has sent nearly $4 billion in military aid to Israel and guaranteed another $8 billion in loans. We talked about that. The U.S. and its allies consider Hamas a Palestinian nationalist group, a terrorist organization. Trump made that proclamation at the end of his um, oh, gotcha. his reign. And yeah. then, remember, the U.N. came out and they're like, no, we're not, we're not right. going to back you on that. Right, yeah. The chairman of the Senate, which it's interesting, Biden hasn't come and reversed any of those mm -hmm. statements yet. Right. When he's like trying to undo everything Trump did, that's one thing he hasn't undone is mm -hmm. saying that Hamas is a terrorist right. organization. The chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Senator Robert 
Menendez of New Jersey tweeted this week, the barrage of rocket attacks from Hamas are terrorism, and no country should have to tolerate this kind of threat against its population. But what they don't address is the fact that this was a response to bigger things. Like, this was a response to not only— it's not just a direct response to those two— Things that we talked about, mm-hmm. like the right. the cutting off of the freaking like the raiding the mosque and right. then the putting people out of their homes. Right. This is it was years. Re- well, yeah, but it was a response to because that raised a bunch of protesters right. we had talked about from different countries. It's right. in response to how the Israeli forces are unjustly responding to the right. protesters. Yeah. So we're we're missing a key ingredient here. Mm-hmm. It's not just hey they're shooting rockets and they have the right to defend themselves. Right. No, it, there, there's bigger picture right. going on here, and we're not addressing it. Yeah. Congressional Democrats below the leadership ranks have assailed Israeli attacks. Uh, Congressman Mark Pokin of Wisconsin tweeted, We cannot just condemn rockets fired by Hamas and ignore Israel's state-sanctioned police violence against Palestinians. Like I said, bigger mm-hmm. picture. We can't condemn one and mm-hmm. just ignore the other including unlawful evictions, violent attacks on protesters, and the murder of Palestinian children. USAID should not be funding this violence. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, our favorite person, along with two of her Democratic colleagues, Rashida Tlaib of Michigan and Elon Omar of Minnesota, have focused on Israeli aggression in the conflict rather than blaming both sides for it. We stand in solidarity with the Palestinian residents of Sheikh Jarrah in East Jerusalem. Israeli forces are forcing families from their homes during Ramadan and inflicting violence. Ocasio-Cortez tweeted last week about a neighborhood where a Jewish settler group is seeking to evict Arab families. We talked about James Zogby, the president of the American uh, Arab American Institute, told the Washington Post, In the 40-odd years I've been working on these issues full-time, I've never seen this level of support for Palestinians' rights in challenging the status quo. So it's interesting that we're getting more and more people speaking out, and this might be more where I lean towards some of... I mean, even, like, the Ocasio-Cortez's and Ilan Omar's or whoever, they're still not, like, focusing on both sides of the picture. They're only focusing on one side and not saying, you both are being shitty... Stop being shitty yeah. to each other. Democratic Congressman Jamal Bowman of New York, who defeated a reliably pl- pro-Israel lawmaker, condemned Hamas rocket attacks, but he also attacked Israel's eviction of Palestinians and its retaliatory airstrikes in Gaza, which is run by Hamas. Violently evicting families from their home in which generations have lived is not an act of peace, which we said. You're not trying to impose peace when you're right. doing things like this. A show of strong force during prayer is not an act of peace. Destroying holy sites is not an act of peace. Hamas rocket attacks are not an act of peace. So he is going against both sides. I think I agree with this guy more than any of the rest of them. This um, Bowman from New York, Jamal Bowman. Yes. um, Because he's saying what Israel's doing is not an act of peace. What Hamas is doing is not an act of peace. Right. Israeli government airstrikes are not an act of peace. None, None of this is trying to bring peace to the region. This is just making things worse. Republicans obviously held steadfast to their support for Israel. Former President Donald Trump, who moved the U.S. US embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and helped broker recognition of Israel by several Arab nations, 
um, assailed Biden's response to the Israeli-Hamas conflict. Trump says, Biden's weakness and lack of support for Israel is leading to new attacks on our allies. That's that's what you have to say, Mr. Trump. <laughs> so it's very polarized, yes. as as we do in this country. Yeah. I mean, it's being used politically, I'm sure. Yeah. Because Trump's only coming out and saying it to poke point finger at Biden. Mm-hmm. And the far left is coming out, for the most part, I, I guarantee you they're not— pro-human rights, they're probably more just like, get our face on a, po- a political right. objective here. So, what do you think? You th- do you think we're going to see a shift in our relations with Israel, or you think it's probably no. going to stay? No, I think it's going to stay for a while. Okay. I, I don't... Biden's not the guy who's going to shift on anything. Well, you know, it, we've talked, he's, he's, he's status quo. Well, yeah, again, our... The, the level of advantage we have being allies with right. Israel... Yeah. I mean, there's money there. Yeah. I mean, when the money's gone, then maybe we'll shift. Right. But the money's never going to be gone, or that strategic spot's never going to well, be gone. And I mean, you know, the United States didn't have to lift a, a fever, a finger, mm-hmm. to sabotage Iran's nuclear program. I mean, Israel's been doing all the heavy lifting with right. that, right? And in our favor, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I, I did a quick look. I was curious with Hamas, like. You know who who is its major major supporters? Uh-huh. Um, Turkey is a big supporter of Hamas politically, which is interesting considering Turkey is a NATO ally. Um, Qatar, I guess, has given uh, Hamas over um, they they give them a, a couple billion dollars a year, and um, which is interesting. Yeah. So, and, but most of the the missiles and weapons comes from Iran. Right. Right. And. They, I guess, they smuggled the missiles from Iran to Sudan through the Sudan through Egypt into the country, but now they have outside people coming sneaking into the country to help them manufacture their own missiles, hidden in caves mm-hmm. along the West Bank. So, so you can almost see where the region is being split, divided, like we said it was going to, with right. all these strategic uh, right. alliances between certain Muslim mm-hmm. organizations with right. Israel and then the other Muslim sects um, yeah. in Iran and like Palestine right. and stuff. I think Egypt has come out and they've criticized Hamas, mm-hmm. you know, and I think Saudi Arabia has also done the same. Um, and then when you were looking at the peace agreements that Trump was trying to set up, I think Qatar and Kuwait were two of them that were like, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah, you know this right. isn't this isn't this isn't in the plan. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> so we're about getting close to being out of time. I am curious to know where Russia sits on this because I know they side more with Iran, so right. I, I would think they probably side more with oh, I'm sure. Palestine yeah. on this. I so this and is just becoming a new, well, not a new, but the next like proxy divide war. proxy war. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think so, and the only reason is. Um, I, I just think right now, I think Israel is too powerful. I, I, I don't think they, they don't really need any proxy. They don't need a help, any help. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they kind of can take care of their business on their own. I mean, I, I could see Russia and Iran trying to funnel weapons and money to Hamas. But, I mean, the United States, they, they've always given money to Israel. They're always going to give money to Israel. And so, I mean, Israel can just take that and, and continue to run, run the roost. Yeah. Where? So, I mean, you you said that we're about out of time. Um, let we can wrap this thing up. But you said that your 
kind of viewpoint has changed slightly in all of this. Yeah, right. What do you think the U.S. response should be? You think, I mean, I, like we said, like you had pointed out, the U.S. brokered this $800 million right. freaking weapons deal with Israel just this week. Yeah. Huh. I, I think the United States should treat them like they should. They would China, yeah. right, with, with the, the Muslims that, they're, that are being persecuted. I think they should be like, look, you know, we're going to introduce sanctions. We're going to cut off some money unless unless we see you giving a little. But and do you see the U.S. ever doing no, that, though? No, they won't because strategically they gain more by keeping Israel happy and just giving Israel whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And so, they, no, I, I don't see them doing that. So as being more non-interventionist types that we are, or mm-hmm. at least I am, do we just keep our hands out of it and say— you guys are on your own the way we've kind of said with the Middle East because they're, I mean, all we do is fuck things yeah. up. Anyway. I mean, until a bigger dog gets in the fight, yeah. You know, I mean, if Russia suddenly is like, all right, we're going, then I think the United States could be like, all right, shit, let's do this. But Or China, whatever. But as long as it's, you know, the way it is, I, I think the United States should stay out of it. I mean, if the United... Uh, Right now, as it sits, if the United States does nothing or if nobody does anything and leaves it to Israel and Palestine, Palestine's going to get obliterated. No, Gaza's going to get obliterated. Yeah. The West Bank's going to become all Israel. Right. And they'll probably, I mean, expel all Palestinians out of the country. I mean, however, if we stop funding Israel, sending right. the $8 billion or sending the weapons over there, does it become a fairer fight then? I think at this point, it, it's already so out of hand it wouldn't yeah. matter i mean there's so again they're one of the top 10 most military nations right military yeah. nations and and palestine or hamas i mean i i doubt they're in the top 500 yeah <laughs> right <laughs> even with help from iran yeah you know so i you know i i think israel would be like all right fuck you then you know yeah. um we'll take care of it ourselves and but then i could see them getting even more maybe the sheer fact that they're hoping for United States support is the only thing that's keeping them from nuking the the West Bank. Hmm. I don't know. And, and, I mean, and that's a scary thing, right yeah. there. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, how how easy would it be for them to to again nuke the West Bank and be like, "Oops, we had a reactor leak." <laughs> you know, I mean, that would be really stupid. Right. So really may, close. So to maybe their... the United States and and their standing in the rest of the world is the only thing that is keeping them from taking out. Palestine. You could be right. I don't know. Right? I mean, I don't that's know a scary where I thought. This. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I sit with this, and I don't... I'm not anti-Semitic. No. I'm not saying... I'm not one that would would say that all oh, the Jews are running the world and right. all, all the problems in the world um, stem from the Jews, like like Hitler said, or right. other people say. He, even people here, <laughs> crazy conspiracy theorists yeah. say here. I'm not going to say that. But I'm also not going to say that we should be backing or right. supporting Israel in well, when, when it comes to do- total uh, domination like, like well, this. And again, if it was any other country, how would the United States respond? Yeah. Right? Right. They would present sanctions. They would probably call them like a human rights disaster. Yeah. Right? And and they would probably get a red check against the U.N. on them. But mm-hmm. you're not going to see the United States do that. Yeah. Which is interesting because I think they would do it with any other ally. They would. Any other, like yeah. Germany, or especially if Trump was in office, he would have hands down called out Germany yeah. or France or something like that. Been like, 
you guys are fucking wrong here. You yeah. guys, what you're doing well, is wrong. And maybe, I mean, I, I don't know Biden's reason, but maybe they're not doing that because they're afraid of, well, they don't want to lose the Christian vote. Yeah. Or the Jewish um, vote. I mean, right? <laughs> Although most Jews vote, vote Democrat. I did read some interesting stuff on Zionism that we don't have time to get into, but I had read a theory that Zionism was kind of not necessarily formulated, but pushed to certain Jewish communities by evangelical Christians, hmm. which I found really interesting. It is interesting. I think that's a topic for another time, yeah. but I also read that like evangelical, the evangelicals support Zionism, which Zionism... It is basically that Israel is the homeland of the Jewish people, and they belong there. Right. Basically, what's what's happening right now? Um, but evangelicals are one of the biggest backers of Zionism. I believe, I believe that. But at least at its formation and years following, the Catholic Church refused to support Zionism because their view was that God declared Jewish people to basically wander throughout the world because of whatever they did yeah, that got them kicked out of there to begin with. God decided that they were going to do this, and so the Catholic Church backs that and says, no, you're destined to wander the world, not saying that they want bad things right. to happen to them, but basically their presence throughout the world is going to spread God throughout the world, just them mm. being there. So it was right. just interesting to me that the difference— Well, uh, again, I, th it's a whole different show. Yes, <laughs> Because I, know, I was I talking to someone the other day that was talking about how, well— the whole covenant between Gentile and Jew dissolved when Jesus sacrificed himself. Right. And so um, it, it, so it, it created a whole new covenant. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so, I mean, essentially God's people is all people. Yeah. Well, I, I just found it interesting that two separate Christian organizations have two yeah. completely different views on supporting the Israel, the state of Israel, the Jewish state of Israel. It was yeah. just interesting to me. But yeah. that's for another time. We are out of time. We barely scratched the surface of yeah. this. And the, we, this rabbit hole goes deep. It does. We haven't even like come to our own conclusions all, <laughs> all of this. I want to hear your comments on this and your, your support for this. I know the libertarian view of this is keep your hands out of it. Right. And more libertarians, I think, are less supportive of Israel taking land from other people because right. that's the whole premise well, of libertarianism. Yeah. I mean, is it, it would again, it would be the same thing if the United States was trying that. You yeah. you would slap, you would jump, get up in their face, and you know, well, you you'd pull a, a Ruby Ridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which turned out great. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Um, so I their libertarian view is more non-interventionalist, yeah. which is kind of our stance on it too. Yeah. Um, I it's just hard to. I don't know. It's hard to come to a conclusion on this one because yeah. we've kind of been um, programmed to support Israel, right. like yeah, as the United States uh, to support Israel. Yeah. And again, I, I want to, but but their treatment of Palestine of Palestine of Palestinians, it they're wrong. Yeah, they're Stop just being wrong. shitty. Right. Don't yeah. be a dick. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. That's yeah. our motto. Don't right. be a dick. And again, yeah, it's okay to call out somebody and say, "Don't be a dick." Yeah. Right. I, I agree. So. We are going to get out of here. Make sure you check us out on social media. Leave your comments. Tell us what you think. Tell us that we're fucking anti-Semites or whatever. <laughs> we're not. We're, if you listen to the actual show and listen to our logic here, we're not at all anti-Semites. No. But 
disagree with us, agree with yeah. us, just leave your comments. Let us know what Th- you there's think. There's more to the story than what you're hearing. Yes, there is always what we're is. Saying. There yeah, always, there always is. is. And, and and look at both sides. Don't just blindly follow one side right. over the other. So share all over social media. Get the word out there. We will be back here next week for another live episode, 7 p.m. Central Standard (laughs) Time, if we're not removed from YouTube. But we'll find another place to live stream from, and we'll let you know where that is. There's always other platforms for us to be on. Um, Like I said, share all over social media. Like, share, all that fun stuff that the kids like to do these days. Otherwise, get back in here for the weekend. Wrap up this weekend and for our live stream next week. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you here next week. Peace. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Goulash Media. On the run with Remzo W. Martinez podcast and Banzot Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next time and let us continue to invade your ear holes and as always, never stop talking.